0: Guys, we're back.
1: We're back, it's bitches. It's happening.
0: Holy hell. Um, First things first, I'm so sorry. We are so sorry that we have just, we've abandoned you. We've abandoned our loyal listeners, and we feel bad. And we are very sorry about that, and we apologize. Um, to give you just a little bit of, uh, you know, our, our justification, if you will, if I may,
1: Life got crazy for the real couple. Life
0: got cray. It was it was as cray as a Fast and the Furious movie. Maybe that's taking it a bit far cuz that's those those be cray. But it was intense. It's for been us. busy. It's been busy. We
1: traveled a
2: lot. We, we moved.
0: Yeah. We moved. Um fun fact we were given two days to move. We were. Yeah. So just just as a note, if you are a landlord to someone else, um, don't be a dick about it.
1: Yeah, don't be an asshole. Don't be an
0: asshole. Because, yeah, like, landlords, If if they're good landlords, they can be great. If they're crappy landlords, I think they should be, like, arrested, but, like, not in the U.S., Like, arrest him in Russia.
1: I thought you were going to say drawn and quartered for a minute. That
0: too. You know. (laughs) If if anyone wants to volunteer to draw and quarter our old landlord, hit me up. (laughs) You know.
1: Anyways, we're we're in a much better place now. We're in such a better place. I
0: I have not soundproofed this room yet, and you may be hearing it, but we do have carpet on the floors, so that may be actually helping more than the old room did. I don't know. Um...
1: But we're excited to be back and recording. So excited. Uh, we're excited to talk about all of the fun summer movies that we have seen. Yeah. Because this... we did not neglect watching movies. We just <laughs> neglected talking about them.
0: We were always at the theater, but yeah. Um,
1: so so yeah, we... welcome to our summer watch list episode. Yeah. Maybe episodes, uh, depending on how we may just go for a long one. we talk.
0: Yeah. Um, Okay, so yeah, we're just going to talk about everything that came out this summer. The good, the bad, the ugly. We're going to mention things that we've already given full episodes to. So, if by the end of this you're like, why'd you only barely mention Indie 5? Because we have a whole episode. It's one of our better episodes. Go go listen to that. Um, so, yeah, um... Should We just dive on in.
1: I think we should. Do I we want to go in order of when they came out?
0: Uh, that may, you know, structurally speaking, that may make more sense. So, so
1: I think we decided we're going clear back to like May. Mm-hmm. Is that correct?
0: I consider May to be if if something comes out in May, I consider that to be a summer a release. summer movie.
1: Okay, so in May. Our first one was Guardians 3, which we Ooh. already did a whole episode on. We
0: did, yeah. So um, just Dallas
1: t- cried in that episode, if I remember correctly, I, talking yeah, about Rocket yeah. Raccoon.
0: Um, I definitely cried during that. Um, so yeah, uh, Guardians 3, it's great. Definitely go see it if you... Well, no. It is not a movie I just recommend to everyone across the board. That is definitely one, if you're caught up on the Marvel Universe... Do not hesitate. Get your ass to the couch and watch that. It's so good. If you are not caught up on the MCU, uh if you're not even caught up on every project that involves the Guardians, definitely catch up before yeah, this. Yeah, like, you got to put
1: in some work before you see this one. Yeah,
0: this is a very uh definitely worth seeing. Heavy story as um... with, you know, a lot of Marvel. Um and so yeah, big thumbs up, but Requires prep before seeing. Yes. I think that's all we really need to yeah. say. And there's an episode on it.
1: Um, and then Fast X, which we also did an episode on.
0: So good. So stupid, but so, so good. So stupid. Oh my gosh. it's It could be a comedy if it wasn't so hell-bent on being in action.
1: <laughs> we love Fast and the Furious because of how... Insane they are.
0: But that's the thing, though. There are several. (laughs) There are
1: legit good ones in the series. There
0: are legit good ones, but there are ones that get ridiculous in a way that I'm like, this is so bad. Like, Fate and F9. I hate those. I think they're so dumb that, like, it's difficult to enjoy them because of how stupid they are. Fast X gets more ridiculous than both of those, but it found a way... To let me enjoy it. So I think of the ridiculous and dumb Fast and the Furious movies, it's easily the best of those. I wouldn't say it's better than ones that are legitimately good in the series,
2: but...
1: What an insane series of movies yeah, that is. Like, I would, say I would l- highly recommend, if you have a long weekend, just binge your way through all of them and have so much fun with it.
0: Yeah, and then once you've finished watching Fast X... Then just like re-watch the first one. Just to kind of remind yourself. Cause when you're going like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, you'll kind of forget the humble beginnings of the first movie. You and once you're at will. fast X, you're like, yeah, like this just went off the rails so hard. But then go straight from Fast X to the first scene of one and be like, ha ha. ha. It's <laughs> How not even start? the same there. series. Like, yeah. It's insane, and I love it, and I love Fast X, and Jason Momoa murders it.
1: We will continue to see all of the Fast and the Furious movies that come out. They're definite cash grabs, but you just got to love them. Also, I'm
0: not sure if we really touched on this in its own devoted episode, but uh, I kind of applaud Fast X for being a movie with Jason Momoa, but um, it didn't require him to be... Jason Momoa level shredded yes like he's a bit heavier and he doesn't have to do a shirtless scene I don't think and it it, yeah I feel like with a lot of actors like Jason Momoa your Chris's a lot of those types of things the the production company requires them to get super fit so we can have at least one or two shirtless scenes that don't drive the plot forward at all mm-hmm. and you i'm I'm starting to feel bad for a lot of these action stars that it's just rough. constantly have to have like 0. 0.02 body fat percentage like it yeah. it sucks and so to kind of see, you know, Jason Momoa with a bit more on his neck I was like all right yeah cuz you're still performing At Jason Momoa level.
1: He's still very fun to look at.
0: Okay. Um, I'm mainly looking at uh, his skill as an actor because um, I treat actors and actresses um, (laughs) fairly.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah,
0: Yeah, it's not just uh, meat that I ogle at.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. Anyways, that's Fast X.
2: Yeah. Um, Next. our
1: last one for the month of May is The Little Mermaid, which we also did a full episode on. Did we? Wow. Please listen to our, I think it was like an hour long rambling of how much we hate the Little Mermaid.
0: Yeah, I I think it did some things decently well. Um, I I think it's what our it was episode
1: like, on it was very thorough.
0: Yeah. Um I just I kinda think it's a pretty pointless.
1: Yes, it's remake. very skippable. I wouldn't yeah. recommend spending money on it. Yeah. Um, if
0: you're one of those weirdos who really enjoy Aquafina, it's got Aquafina and like spades.
1: Um maybe watch it once it hits Disney Plus, but Yeah. Yeah,
0: if you're a person, you obviously have Disney Plus, so give it a few months and you'll have free access to it. So who yeah. gives a shit?
1: Yeah. Um, so that wraps up May mm-hmm. for us.
0: Uh by my math, uh, we're moving on to June now. We're
1: moving on to June now.
0: I know calendars.
1: You good job. Hell yeah. Um. So let's start with Elemental.
0: Elemental was great. Yeah. Um it was uh it was one that I came out of and I was like, yeah. That was good, you know. I thought its uh, main strong suit was the uh, uh, skillful animation, having so many characters with so um, such uh, loose silhouettes, like digital silhouettes, if that makes sense. So, like mm-hmm. the one girl with fire, like how do you go into an animation uh, software and say, "Okay, I'm I'm gonna build this character that does not have a distinct beginning and or uh, like um a distinct outline of like here's where she isn't and here's where she is like she's made out of fire it's it's got to be like a you know um with everyone else their skin is like a saw or a, a hard barrier mm-hmm. of like where their form starts to exist and if it's flame there's just this like she constantly has to be see-through and moving and how do you animate that? Like so I thought that was the
2: main strong point. I thought it was beautiful. Point. But the
0: more I've talked to people and listened to people talk about it and stuff, um I I thought that it was really focusing um on like the metaphor of mixed race relationships and the more I talk to people the more it's uh, much more heavily um the experience of immigrants. Yeah. And uh The so, thing yeah, that like...
1: makes me sad about it is that everybody <clears throat> that I talk to mm-hmm. They saw, like, posters and trailers for it, and they immediately just said, oh, so it's inside out, but with elements. Interesting. And after seeing it, it is so not inside out.
0: I feel like, if anything, it's much more Zootopia. Interesting. It's still unique, you know, because the different elements uh, representing different races um is very different animals representing, uh, representing, different, representing different races. Interesting. Um so that, like Zootopia is definitely a racism based film. Mm-hmm. Um and so Elemental is not quite racism but definitely the experience of yeah, different races. Yeah. Well
1: and then also just the uh trials I guess mm-hmm. of growing up. Yeah. With parent like immigrant parents and trying to make your own way in a world where you're expected to be a certain way and do certain things,
0: yeah, I, I think I don't you're... think
1: people gave this movie enough of a chance, yeah, and it makes me really sad because I loved it, yeah.
0: Um, I think if you're looking at Elemental and thinking it's just inside out, you're really only looking at it visually, yeah. Like, um, or that that was a dumb st- statement. Um, you're only taking in the sights. Yes. But you're not take, taking into account story or
2: mm-hmm. any
0: of that. Like, the, the characters, the plot, the vibe, everything about that is very different from Inside Out. If you want to draw parallels, I think parallels can be drawn to Zootopia, But with that said, it's still very much its own film and very much deserves its own viewing.
1: Yeah, and it was beautifully animated. It was very well done. Mm -hmm. I wish more people would have given it a chance.
2: Yeah.
1: I think in this summer full of huge movies, Mm -hmm. this is one that really flew under the radar. I don't want to say it was a flop. Yeah. But it was just up against...
0: I would say it may have been a flop. I wouldn't say it deserves to have been a flop. Agreed. I think I also kind of wonder, um I, I get why a studio, after putting the amount of effort and resources that they did into this, why they would push for a summer release. But this was a busy summer. I'm it thinking was a huge if you, summer if you tried to kind of pull it back a bit and have it either early, early summer or more of a spring release. You would have been releasing in a bit more of a vacuum and you may have seen a bit more success. But instead, you were coming out against big name movies. Yeah, it came
1: out against The Flash. Ooh! It came out (laughs) right before Indiana Jones. Yeah. Spider-Verse was in theaters when this came out.
0: Two of the best animated movies I've seen in years came out this summer. And also Elemental. Yes. I really liked Elemental, but animation-wise, it was up against juggernauts. It
1: was, this is a huge year for animated yeah. films.
0: Just for movie fans, we got fed Wait, this summer. We did.
1: This has been a great summer. Yeah. Not all of the movies have been great.
0: Not all, but the ratio of good to bad, at least within the confines of what we actually saw. Yeah. We saw a lot of good.
1: Do we want to talk about a bad one next? Are we good on Elemental?
0: I think we're good on Elemental.
1: Do we want to talk about The Flash? Yes. Okay. The Let's Flash. Let's dive into The Flash.
0: Um, at first glance, it's fine. It's fine. And that's just at first glance. The harder you look at it, the more it crumbles.
1: Yeah. This um, is one, like, I think you can only enjoy this movie if you don't think about this movie.
0: Yeah. Um, there's a few things. For me personally, I don't know how many of our viewers were experiencing this same thing, but there was this thing going on where, uh, like, months before it came out, There were reports hitting the internet that different celebrities were getting pre-screenings. And they were coming out talking about this like it was incredible. Like it was the best thing. Like it was going to be better than Top Gun Maverick.
1: I do remember this. Like
0: I, I was hearing that big name celebrities and celebrities who aren't even big into comics like you wouldn't consider Stephen King to be a big comic guy. But I was hearing that Stephen King as soon as he left the theater was texting the director and just saying like that was incredible. I was hearing that like Morgan Freeman, people who are not that invested in the comic genre were saying you just changed the game you just raise the expectations for comic book films across the board. It sounded like this was going to be the Dark Knight of 2023. Like that comic book yeah. movie that made Oscar uh, judges have to really reconsider their stance on the medium. It was insane, the shit I was hearing. And then, once uh, you know the film was finished and then there were those like you know official pre-screening press screenings and stuff the reports of people coming out going run don't walk this is gonna change your life it is every single thing it tries it knocks it out of the park it's emotional it's hilarious it's exciting in a way you won't believe it visually accomplishes things you've never imagined And so I went into this like, okay, what do you got? (laughs) And the answer was fucking lies. (laughs) Yeah. The answer was uh, a lot of people uh, freaked out for no reason or just straight up got paid to lie.
1: Well, and the thing that was weird for me too is that leading up to it, Obviously, there's a lot of shit Mm
2: -hmm. surrounding Ezra Miller. Mm -hmm.
1: He's not a great human being.
2: Mm -mm. He...
0: I guess they. Yes, sorry.
1: yeah, They suck as a human. Yeah. Um, And for some reason, DC decided to not pull the plug on this film. But it seemed in the marketing that they wanted to try to flip it from a Flash movie to a Batman movie.
0: Well, from what I understand, over the years, it's flip-flopped in a big way. So I guess originally it was going to be equally Flash and Ben Affleck Batman. And then Ben Affleck Batman was like, hey, um, I'm having a really bad time here. I do not enjoy this. And they were like, okay, pull him entirely. And they rewrote it. And I think that was when they got Michael Keaton on board. And then at some point, it may have been with uh, the Snyder Cut, when Ben Affleck had to come back, and he had a much nicer time. And then he was a bit more open to you know, touching the character again. And so then they were able to bring him back a bit. But then once you have Michael Keaton on board... Do you say, oh, never mind, we got Ben Affleck back? Or do you say, well, you know, that would still be pretty cool? Um, And so, yeah, it it was just so many rewrites.
1: Well, and then on top of that, too, right before this movie came out, it was the end of the DCEU. Mm -hmm. So it's like this film was so inconsequential Because it couldn't go anywhere because that version of the DC universe was dead.
0: Which, if you're going to not go anywhere, that's fine. Like, I I feel like if they had ended on Shazam, Shazam isn't going to have massive impact going forward. Okay, so we end on Shazam? That's fine. Okay. But to end on Flash doing the Flashpoint story pretty much... Because for people who aren't familiar with comics, there's a story called Flashpoint. Flash, throughout the years, has been able to run so fast that he starts messing with the space-time continuum. At some point, he tries to go back and resurrect his mom and inadvertently either exits our dimension and enters a parallel one or goes back, changes things, comes back to the present, and everything's screwed up now. Um, In Flashpoint... It's um, it's very uh, Marvel What If, where oh, okay. a bunch of massive changes get made and none of them really get fleshed out because we need to move so quickly. And so in Flashpoint, uh, Batman exists, but it's not Bruce Wayne. It's Thomas Wayne, because that night in the alley, the robber didn't shoot Thomas and Martha. They shot Bruce. Mm. And so that sends...
1: Thomas, Thomas Wayne
0: in onto that trajectory. Okay, and so that's kind of how he loses it. Martha Wayne loses her her marbles a bit. She becomes Joker.
1: Interesting. Um,
0: and then the, I saw the uh, animated movie. Um, like I said, it just it it's bad because it doesn't give itself time to flesh out any of the concepts, and so wonder woman is queen of the amazonians and uh aquaman is king of atlantis and both of them hate each other and consider humanity to be below them and so they're waging war and just devastating mankind and so flash shows up and he's like why the hell aren't aquaman and wonder woman getting along and who's this batman because that's not bruce and what's going on and uh It's just this very dark, for the sake of being dark, type of uh, alternate reality. Which, if you want to do that story in the DCEU, okay, I guess.
1: But but they didn't even really do it.
0: They didn't do it. They, They wimped out of a lot of those plot points. And that shouldn't be Flash's... First movie out of the gate. Like you you put him in Justice League and you give him a cameo in Suicide Squad and uh, Batman vs. Superman, but his first standalone movie should not be the reality breaking one.
1: No, I think they should have pulled the plug on this movie. Yeah. I don't think it should have ever come out. I think as soon as the stuff with Ezra Ezra Miller went down, they should have. Just been done with it.
0: Yeah, like...
1: Because then they put out this movie where the CG looks awful. The
0: CG is grotesque. And then they tried to claim that it was all done on purpose because you're seeing it from, um, uh, shoot, Barry Allen's perspective and therefore everything's kind of softer because he's moving so quickly. Uh, no, no. <laughs> You have crappy CGI. And uh, I've just watched a whole video from Corridor Crew, once again, shouting them out, go check out their stuff. But uh, they go really in depth on how you can kind of tell that the CGI is done by people who are very skilled and very capable, but they clearly weren't given enough time or weren't given enough resources yeah and so they were able to build very good cg models but then they weren't given the time to really flesh it out make Mm -hmm. it look crisp and it does not look crisp
2: it does not
0: Um, i actually saw at least one report i haven't seen too much to um prove or disprove this theory but there's a moment towards the very end where Barry Allen is trying to kind of get back to his reality, fix everything, and the different realities are like colliding and and they're they manifest as these huge orbs and we go in, we see so many different you see like cameos. all the past ones, right? Yeah. And it's it's clearly cameos for the sake of cameos just so that WB can go those stupid nerds will love these cameos. Throw more cameos in. They, they, they lose their mind for cameos. And so we get George Reeves, Christopher Reeves, uh, the Superman from the Christopher Reeves era. Uh, we get um, the Adam West Batman. Uh, the one that really just threw me for a loop is uh, Superman, played by Nicolas Cage, fighting a giant tarantula which is hilarious because Nick Cage was cast as Superman in a movie that never ended up getting made. So the fact that that is still a reality somewhere is really funny to me. But someone pointed out that at least on the Adam West Batman, you see like multiple of him in a a lineup or something. And at least one of them doesn't have the, the bat ears on the cowl, which led someone to believe that most of that Was accomplished through AI.
1: Oh, interesting! Which
0: having such a crappy looking scene turn out to be done with CG or turn out to be done with AI this summer is a terrible mistake. Oh yeah. Do not
1: so much about this movie was a terrible mistake. Like Uh, yes,
0: which in
1: sadly true DC fashion.
2: Mm
0: -hmm.
1: This movie was terrible.
0: Yeah. And I feel like if some of its worst um, characteristics can be blamed on an over-reliance on AI during the summer of 2023, when we're borderline at war with the AI, not quite to the Terminator extent, (laughs) but still. like
1: It's not Skynet (laughs) uh, yet. Yeah,
0: but... uh, People are not big fans of AI unless you are a CEO. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that was just all poorly executed, poorly done, poorly everything. Yeah, and um,
1: and honestly, it just doesn't matter.
0: Yeah, and as a die-hard fan of Batfleck, I think Ben Affleck is the best live-action Batman ever put to film. And I will stand by that forever. I think this was easily his worst oh, stint absolutely. as Batman. Yeah. I, I think it was probably worse than Justice League. Oof. I mean, Justice League is bad, but there is still some Snyder in it. This, it just, it, his suit was dumb. He felt very just slapped into the movie. Like, he wasn't doing anything interesting or, or exciting to me. I just... I didn't care. And so to see the last appearance of my favorite version of my favorite character be very take it or leave it, who gives a shit, it hurt. Um, I I would have rather them let Batfleck walk away from the role than to have this be his final appearance. I... I was very very angry about that um Supergirl I thought she did decently well but nothing shockingly good and I've heard that she is aggressively trying to make her way into playing the character again in the new DC universe if that occurs I'd be fine with it um Oh, another little thing that uh, just felt very lazy and shitty. They bring back General Zod to be the main villain during the final fight. And it's clear, like every time you see Michael Shannon, he's always just kind of coated in this CGI layer that as soon as someone mentioned that he clearly was not on set, the same day as anyone else yeah. that he clearly filmed his entire role remotely it i didn't it even felt need, like it yeah i didn't even need to look it up to verify that it felt so true and so yeah in this day and age when you're putting this much budget into such a massive movie like this and then you can be like and our main villain will be this guy and we'll bring back michael shannon and it'll be so crazy hey michael shannon are you willing to come back no no that's fine. Like, <laughs> no. At, you either need to pivot or officially recast, which if you're going to have to recast, rewrite so that you're not using that villain. Like, it, There's yeah. so much you could do mm-hmm. to not use Michael Shannon if Michael Shannon isn't willing to play the game with you guys. Like, ev- So much about this movie is so dumb. Um,
1: DC just keeps trying to... Be Marvel without putting in the work mm-hmm. to be Marvel.
0: Or, I think... They're uh, trying
1: to jump into, like, endgame.
0: Yeah, I think they tried... They, they had the idea of how quickly can we get to where Marvel is right now. And, love it or hate it, Snyder had a damn good idea
2: he for did.
0: a pathway there. He was like, we'll start out with this, this, and this. And we'll really play on the fact that the threats coming at our characters are too big for them in their current form. Like, instead of letting, uh, you know, Spider-Man's first adventure, he's up against Vulture. Okay. His second adventure, he's up against Mysterio. And Mysterio's playing with his head and stuff. Like, it's bigger than uh, Vulture, but it's not as big as every Spider-Man villain. Like and and so he each character in Marvel kind of gets to grow in each movie and then face a bigger threat than before. And with this Snyder was like, okay, first one, uh Superman is going to fight Zod and he's going to like level a city. That's too much for Superman's first adventure. So the second movie with Superman is going to be all about acknowledging that he messed up that Mm -hmm. he wasn't ready for that and he's not ready to be superman and should he be allowed to be superman if he's not ready to be superman and that's what's going to bring batman and superman to a collision is that one of them is holding the other to too high of a standard and not willing to let superman learn and grow because he's not yet ready to be the superman from the comics and then that's going to throw us into Justice League and that's going to be intense. And then Justice League is going to throw us into... And so we're going to get to where Marvel is a lot faster than Marvel got there at because each movie is going to be about uh, these people being up to their eyes in challenges and not having time to learn.
1: But DC execs are not letting these producers... they, They panicked. Do their thing. That's why I'm so worried about James Gunn. Because I do think that he has the chops to make the DC Mm -hmm. universe a damn good one. Yeah. But I don't think the DC execs have the patience to let him do it.
0: Yeah. The interesting thing with this is that with Snyder, every minute of story he wanted to tell... He was only going to be able to tell that through the medium of film. Mm -hmm. Where James Gunn has movies and TV shows slated. Yeah. Which is good because then you're able to get a lot more story told quicker. Mm -hmm. You know, if you have both movies coming out and a season of TV show coming out as well. However... Marvel started doing that eventually... But they were doing it with Disney+, Plus, which -hmm. is something everyone has. When James Gunn starts doing TV shows, he's going to have to deal with Max. Quite a few people have access to Max. I want to call it HBO Max, but they changed it to Max because, again, they're stupid. I don't think nearly as many people have Max. No. And so when you want to go see the next DC movie but you need to have already seen three TV shows on a streaming service that you do not own.
1: And Max is not one of the ones. Like, if people are on a budget and Mm -hmm. can only afford a couple of streaming services, Max is not going to be up there. Max
0: is the first one you justify cutting. Yeah. Uh, Second or third if you also have Paramount+. Plus. But, uh, yeah, so are people going to... there's one of two outcomes, and both of them suck. Either people go, oh, I need to have seen those movies first. Oh, I, Or I, I need to have seen those TV shows first. I guess I won't see this new movie. And they don't buy a ticket.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Or they buy a ticket, and they come out and go, that made no sense at all. Like, who was this character? Yeah, I like, didn't what know what, the what hell was going happened? on. And the person sitting next to him in the theater goes, oh, it's because in the TV show then this this and this and they go oh so i really needed to have seen that show okay and then they and start, then they check out and yeah and so then when people are like oh didn't you go see the new dc movie what'd you think they're gonna go it sucked because i didn't see this entire show because i don't have max or so, they're not eh. even
1: gonna go that far and yeah. they're just or gonna see just the movie and be like that didn't, didn't make, make sense. sense it sucked and sense. they so, won't yeah. even take that other step of figuring out that there yeah. was a TV show mm-hmm. that they didn't see. And
0: um, a lot of... Because
1: uh... that's even happening with Marvel. I know mm-hmm. a lot of people oh, yeah. that haven't watched the Disney Plus series mm-hmm. um, and that don't realize that that's part of the story. Yeah.
0: Um, so I
1: don't know that it's a good idea.
0: I Yeah. Gosh, um, DC
1: is just riddled with bad decisions.
0: Yeah, and and... For me, who follows all of Marvel, when a movie comes out and, uh, you know, is able to reference a character that I've already met through a TV show or something, I'm like, oh, sweet. I love how connected this all is. And when other people are like, who the heck was that? I don't know that person. And then I find out that they don't have any interest in watching the Disney Plus shows. I'm like, okay, then, yeah, you're going to be lost and you need to deal with it. Like, Okay. Um, and it it makes me sad when people aren't willing to do that. At the same time, I do recognize that you've got bu- busy schedules. If you fall a month or six months behind on Marvel storytelling, you've got a lot to catch up on, and mm-hmm. that can seem very overwhelming. Yeah. Um, and one thing apart from uh, Marvel's "What If," which you don't absolutely need to have seen Marvel's What If, but from the sounds of things, there are some very necessary stories coming out of the DC universe as their like first wave of stories that are going to be live-action TV shows as well as animated TV shows. And if it's already difficult to get someone to watch a TV show, getting them to watch an animated series is nearly impossible. Yes. It needs to be invincible level
2: mm-hmm.
0: quality and and notoriety if they're going to give it a chance. So, yeah. Um, I wish James Gunn the best. I, I would love to see the DC universe really thrive. And six years from now, I hope I can look back and go, wow, they really knocked it out of the park. I'm so glad that everyone else realized it and gave them the chance and and wow, they did well and people recognize the quality and it's all going well.
1: I don't think realistically that's going to be what we're saying in six years.
0: My honest prediction, that's not going to happen. No, Um,
1: I think James Gunn is going to put out some very James Gunn movies mm -hmm. and he is a director that you love or you hate.
0: I've been very impressed with how many people love James Gunn's style like Suicide Squad the Suicide Squad did very very well and that surprised me
1: but my thing is is that I think DC execs are wanting home runs Mm -hmm. from every minute of every movie Mm -hmm. that James Gunn puts out
2: yeah
1: he's not a home run director with everybody yeah I love James Mm -hmm. Gunn But Um, he makes some weird-ass movies. Yeah,
0: and something we talked about in Guardians 3. uh, The first two Guardians movies feel very much like Marvel movies before James Gunn movies. Mm -hmm. Whereas Guardians seems like a James Gunn movie first and a Marvel movie second. Suicide Squad feels very much like a James 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 Gunn Gunn movie movie. first Mm -hmm. and a DC movie second. And... If you let him keep making James Gunn movies first, DC movies second, he's going to almost exclusively be making R-rated movies. Mm -hmm. And the most successful an R-rated movie can be is not as successful as a PG-13 movie. Correct. Because you have to be 17 years or older to buy your own ticket and you need to be accompanied by a 21 or older person if you're going to if you are under 17 and a lot of families want to all go see the same movie this Friday night they're not going to see R-rated movies no you're going to you're have to start selling tickets exclusively to adult singles adult couples um, people willing to get a babysitter so they can go see a comic movie. Are you kidding me?
1: Yeah. It's an going, uphill battle. If
0: I'm going to see a comic movie, that should mean I don't have to get a babysitter. <laughs> like, Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, th- They're, you know, those world-renowned comic movies. You know, everybody loves Joker, The Batman, Dark Knight, stuff like that, where they really, really take themselves seriously and stuff. But you can't make an entire universe out of that atmosphere. Correct. So...
1: And we do have another DC movie that we will talk about later in this episode. We have Blue Beetle. Um, yep. We're not going to get there quite yet because we do still have three movies left for the month of June.
2: Just, however,
1: we already did episodes on all three of them. Okay, yeah. Let's first one, (sighs) Joyride. Okay, yeah. Absolutely hated Joyride. Hated
0: Joyride. Yeah. It uh, it tried to be hilarious. It tried to be uh, kind of Bridesmaids, but with like the crudity level of like the hangover movies.
1: It was just a mess. Yeah,
0: and instead it doesn't have the likable characters of bridesmaids, and it has the crudity without the clever not even I wouldn't even but say But hey, that. at
1: least we didn't get Aquafina.
0: This is true. Yeah. <laughs> Four Asian girls, and none of them were Aquafina. I was very impressed with that. Um but yeah, very, very bad. I would say um every time they wanted to be too crude every time they wanted to be crude, they erred on the side of too crude
1: and not. There funny was enough. no restraint yeah. in the writing. Mm-hmm. I thought the actresses did a fine job. Yeah. Um they just weren't given a great script.
0: Yeah. And it was a
1: pretty run of the mill story too. Mm-hmm. Like
0: I think if there is anyone out there that goes, No, I liked it. I actually no, I, I really liked it, I would then ask this question. How many times have you seen it? And being honest with yourself, how often do you see yourself revisiting?
1: Yeah, I don't think that we will ever revisit
0: no, Joyride. No, we actively disliked. But um, even if we'd been like, no, it's good. I think at best, it would be like... I know plenty of people like the movie Daddy's Home. That uh, Will Ferrell and Mark Wahlberg.
1: Oh, I never saw that one.
0: Me neither. And people said it was good. But no one's saying it's stepbrothers or hot rod yeah. or hangover no one's saying no that one's that's quoting saying, oh, that oh no i rewatch it weekly no you don't and joyride even if you thought it was good you're not revisiting this no. you're not going to a party and going
2: hey let's, let's
0: watch a movie who turn what do it on, we want to watch?
2: Turn it on. Let's yeah play.
0: no one's going uh i would vote joyride no kick that person out yeah watch something good
1: <laughs> yes um see our episode on it if you want us to go more in depth um, Another June movie was one of our favorite of the entire year, which was Spider-Verse. Spider-Verse. Um, or Dude. Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Yeah.
0: This movie was phenomenal. This oh. movie wasn't fair how good it was.
1: Oh my gosh. <laughs>
0: this movie was disrespectful to the competition. <laughs> like...
1: Which is so sad because there are some amazing Mm -hmm. animated films that we've gotten this year, but Spider-Verse is just on a whole different level. Yeah. And the more effort you put into understanding what goes into the Spider-Verse movies, the more incredible they are. Yeah. And just like this freaking movie. Okay, so the main villain in this movie technically was in the first movie but he was such a small part he got hit with a bagel oh in the first movie
2: Mm -hmm.
1: and it's like that was such a throwaway moment
0: yeah which it
1: seemed like such a throwaway moment in the first movie and to tie it back in in such a huge way Mm
2: -hmm.
1: oh my gosh and then I mean, we've done a whole episode on it, so please listen to it. With but... the bagel
0: thing, because uh, this just happened a couple of days ago, I was just scrolling back through some old pictures on my phone, and a couple months before Spider-Verse came out, so a couple of, or across the Spider-Verse specifically, so long before I knew about the, the bagel twist, uh, I saw a picture of someone who went to... convention of some kind and last minute they were like oh shoot I don't have any cosplay or a costume or anything so they went out and bought a white like lab coat and then just cut out like uh uh, what's it not cardboard but like uh cardstock or something oh yeah and they cut out the letters bagel and made like a over the head like headband thing so just above their head it said bagel and they're a scientist (laughs) and they're holding a bagel and a, a ray gun and they were able to be like I'm dressed up as that one random guy from that background shot of Into the Spider-Verse. Because if you look really closely, one of them throws a bagel and it hits this scientist. It just says and, bagel. And it says bagel when <laughs> it hits his head. And that's hilarious and great. And to find out that person actually cosplayed as the main villain in the sequel, that's crazy. Like,
1: And just like the animation of this movie... The watercolors of
0: Gwen Stacy's Gwen's
1: world. world. The it's not quite glitchy, but like spider punk.
0: Oh my you know, gosh, like, yes, the, the like paper how do I mache. Even describe like, it? Yeah, um, like the, the punk rock Sex Pistols album cover style. Yeah, of, yeah. And Um, even
1: down... I know I say this all the time when we talk about this movie, but the freaking parchment villain...
0: Vulture, yeah.
1: Gosh.
0: The the stuff they are able to accomplish. But... So, yeah, we've been talking mainly about, like, the uh, visual. Like, how you draw each frame. But then the actual motion Mm
2: -hmm. of the different
0: styles. So, uh, in the first movie... There's the concept of animating on ones and animating on twos. If you're animating on ones for every frame of film, so there's 24 frames per second, and that means you're drawing 24 different images for every second of footage. Uh, Every once in a while, uh, Miles specifically is being animated on twos, so in one second of footage, so 24 frames, you only draw 12 different images. So each time you draw Miles, that image is on screen for two frames. And so, like, the background can move on ones, but Miles will move on twos. So it just kind of gives his motion a bit more of a a crunch. But Spider-Punk was animated on threes most of the time. So each one of his shots is on on screen for three frames. frames. However, then there were times, because I started going through frame by frame, I started realizing, like, his vest is also... Animated on threes, but not synced up.
2: Mm -hmm. So,
0: like, his vest moves one frame before his body does. And so it kind of... You watch it and there's this very subtle bounce. Yeah, like floating or something. And they do the same thing for, like, his guitar and stuff. So, yeah, it's not just the visual style or how did you draw that. It's also... How did you get from this frame to that frame? And that too is interesting.
1: But then they mix that with an incredible story.
0: Incredible.
1: And a phenomenal soundtrack. Mm -hmm. And
0: they interweave so many different characters, all of whom are very interesting. Yes. The, The struggles that Gwen is going through in this movie are entirely different than the struggles that Miles is going through in this movie, which are fairly different than the struggles that Miles was going through in the first movie. Yeah. So much, yeah. Um,
1: it's just incredible. Yeah. If I, you haven't seen either of the Spider-Verse movies, fix that. Do yourself immediately. A favor.
0: Yeah. Um, for years now, people always talk about uh, Up as being one of those animated movies where the first, like, ten minutes is just phenomenal storytelling.
2: Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And it is. You know, by the end of those first 10 minutes of Up, you You are. You
1: feel like you already watched a movie. Yeah,
0: you are emotionally damaged. Same thing with Across the Spider-Verse. With uh, Gwen's backstory on her experiences with her Peter Parker in her world. Bro, that was amazing. Mm -hmm. And to have it sort of give you more explanation on some of the things she mentions in... Into the Spider-Verse, the first film.
1: And to have this movie be a springboard into the final mm-hmm. installment of the trilogy that we're getting. Yeah.
0: Just as a quick heads up, this is a uh, to-be-continued film. Yes. So, story is not done when the credits start.
1: Yes. If you want more in-depth on our love for this movie, please go listen to our episode on it. Yeah.
0: That one went long.
1: Um, And then our final movie for June is Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Yeah. Which we also did a full episode on.
0: It's a great one. And Um, we fought. We did.
1: In that episode. Uh,
0: But yeah, very happy with that one.
1: Yeah, I personally would put it as a solid number three best of the five. Mm -hmm. Um, And
0: that's, I would say it's a, it's in third place closer to position two than it is position four. Okay. I would say. One and two are way up there, a bit of a gap, then three, Dial of Destiny. And then way further down, we then get Temple of Doom and
1: I don't know that Temple of Doom is like way further down.
0: Maybe Simply not. Simply because
1: down. of short round.
0: That's true. Short round really helps. Yeah. Um, but I feel like
1: I think if you're an Indiana Jones fan, you'll like Dial of Destiny. Yeah. It's not on the level of Raiders or Crusade. No. But it's fun.
0: It's very fun. I was very, very happy with it.
1: It knows its place. Mm -hmm. It knows that Harrison Ford is 81 Mm -hmm. years old. It knows that he's no longer like an action hero. And it kind of leans into that in mm -hmm. a fun way.
0: I would say, and this is kind of an interesting statement. I'm... I'm glad because I think it, it will actually happen, but I really, really hope this is the last Indiana Jones movie.
1: Same. And I think it is, yeah. honestly. Yeah.
0: I don't see him coming back after this, but I remember...
1: I would be fine with a spinoff.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because I... you
1: did see somebody grab the hat at the end. It's
0: indie, babe. It's obviously indie. There's two people in the apartment and it's a man's hand. Fine.
1: I just really want them to do a short round spinoff yeah. now that Kihu Kwan is back.
0: I feel like if they're going to do a Kihui spin spinoff, if they were to be like, because he snuck into the apartment while they were starting to bang for the first time in years and he stole the hat. I'd be like, what? No. This is no time for bagel. <laughs> Don't bagel Kiwi Don't Kwan bagel into <laughs> So anyways.
1: Um, yes, so that is Indiana Jones. Yeah, I
0: do recommend that one.
1: Oh, I forgot about one that I think was earlier in the summer. Um, and that is Transformers Rise of the Beasts.
0: Yeah. I was happy with this. So leading up to it, you and I watched all of the Transformers movies in preparation.
1: Within, like, four days, might yeah. I add.
0: That is a traumatic experience.
1: It was rough. Yeah. Most of those movies
2: suck.
0: They're dog shit. Um, so, first movie, I legit really enjoy. Second movie, I think is not as good as the first movie,
2: but it's got it's some... still watchable. It's got some
0: pretty good stuff in it. Third movie, I think has some really good stuff, but I had forgotten that it has in equal parts terrible stuff just doesn't know when to pull back Um, really really bad and then we get into 4 and 4 is I would say ridiculous and stupid and pointless on the same rung as um, like the worst of the Fast and the Furious movies
2: Yeah. like
0: Age of Extinction is terrible And then we get into Transformers Last Night.
1: Uh, And if you took it is so bad, so bad.
0: Just the worst scenes from every other Transformers movie, and made just a, a what's it called mega cut of all the worst parts of Transformers, and then you played that right next to Transformers Last Night. Transformers Last Night is still worse than. All of the other worst parts of the other movies combined. Agreed. Last night is atrocious, and then they come out with Bumblebee, which is, I would say, my favorite of all of the Transformers movies.
1: It's I love Bumblebee.
0: Insanely good.
1: Yes. So yes. so
0: phenomenal. Um, and then uh.
1: Rise of the Beasts? Rise of the
0: Beasts feels very much a continuation of Bumblebee rather than a continuation of the originals.
1: Yes, I liked Rise of the Beasts. It wasn't perfect for it's sure. Not perfect. No, no, no. Uh, but it did have a little more depth and personality mm-hmm. like Bumblebee and like the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say I it, liked was, it the... was
0: good enough if I see a trailer for another Transformers after this. I'm excited again. Yeah, it's not a. I mean, I've seen all but the others. But at the same I time, I kind one. of hope
1: that it's like done.
0: You hope Transformers is done. Yeah, but I okay.
1: know it's not going to be because of the post credits or not post-credit. I think that was, was just it? end of just the movie. The end I think. of the movie. Yeah. Whatever it was. Um, um, they teased. I guess spoiler alert. They teased big, GI Joe. Big spoiler.
0: Yeah, they announced uh, that they're kind of breathing new life into g.i joe um i would hope that wouldn't lead to crossovers between g.i joe and the transformers, and transformers? i would that's hope that's what i that, was worried about yeah i would hope that uh, this is a great way to
1: pass launch. the
0: baton um uh, so i i would be very okay with both franchises going simultaneously
1: Interesting, um, but not crossing over.
0: Yeah, I don't need crossovers, but Do you with the feel creative like... team be- behind Bumblebee and Rise of the Beasts, I'm now willing to see more Transformers, and if that same team is tackling G.I. Joe, I'm very much on board for G.I. Joe movies, because I've seen the first two G.I. Joe, G.I. Joe movies, they both suck, and then I saw Snake Eyes had a lot of potential and squandered all of it.
1: Do you think that you need to have seen all of the Transformers movies in order to see Rise of the Beasts?
0: No. I think you need to have seen Bumblebee.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: And if I'm being completely honest, I think if you paid enough attention during the first scene of Bumblebee, you probably know Optimus Prime well enough. You can just jump straight into...
1: I would say maybe Transformers 1.
0: Maybe Transformers 1.
1: Bumblebee. Yeah. And then Rise of the Beasts. Yeah. Again, not perfect. The end was a little... Eh, especially when the main guy like got an Iron Man suit out of a Transformer. Like
0: That was one moment that, that was a little... During the movie I was like, oh, and this is where you sort of jump the shark and ruin everything. And then like five minutes later I was like... That plot point didn't ruin this film as much as I had anticipated. I'm still here for this. I think this is
1: another movie of the summer that came out against some juggernauts. Yeah. I think it's not talked about. It's not really going to be remembered. Mm -hmm. Which is unfortunate because I do think it's worth seeing.
2: Yeah.
0: Um... Uh,
1: I liked seeing... I don't remember the actor's name, but the guy from in the Heights, Hamilton. In the Hamilton. Yeah. yeah. Um, I liked seeing him in it. I thought he did a great job. Yeah. Um,
0: um, I thought his younger brother did a, a surprisingly good job. Um, I thought the girl was an interesting and good character that, as soon as it was pointed out to me, that she wasn't given anything to do during the final battle. Yeah. That really stood out. Like a sore thumb. Yeah. Like she's, she's given her go and do this and she goes to do it and then fails at the end, but they're able to find a way to do it without the thing that she needed to do. So if she'd never been there to begin with, there would have been no consequences. I'd be
1: interested if people haven't seen all of the Transformers movies, what they would think about this Mm -hmm. one. Because I think with us having rewatched all of them right before. Mm -hmm. When you watch dumpster fires right before, this one seems all right.
0: Yeah. Another thing that uh um I've we did record episodes on the whole Transformer series as well as Rise of the Beasts. I don't know if I'll ever finish editing that cuz it's just a it's difficult. Um but uh something I mentioned in that, since they uh made Bumblebee and changed the story around so it's now a prequel and we're taking place in like late 80s early to early mid 90s, 90s. Yeah. Um, we are now taking Bumblebee's character who speaks primarily through like radio and, and music and stuff like that and now the songs he has to choose from are exclusively more nostalgia based mm-hmm. and so he's able to kind of play the same role that Star-Lord's Walkman yeah. plays and so it's not enough to make a bad movie good but it is enough to make a pretty the good damn movie. good soundtrack. Yeah, a pretty good movie suddenly has a very fun soundtrack and that makes it much more uh revisitable. Like yeah. It, yeah. And so for uh in Bumblebee, there's uh Aha um Take on Me, there's uh Wake Me Up Before You Go-Go, stuff like that in this uh, Rise of the Beasts uh they're playing some bangers. Yeah. And because of uh, the main character's background, there's a lot more hip hop, a lot more like early rap, you know? Um, so, like Wu Tang Clan, we've got some Biggie, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of stuff like that. Um, one thing that I have noticed this summer um, there are a lot of songs used in uh, Rise of the Beasts that bizarrely are also used. In uh, the first Spider-Verse movie. Yeah. Weirdly enough. So, yeah. Um, Just wanted to throw that out there. But yeah, very much like uh, Rise of the Beasts, it's one that I'd be very willing to revisit as well. So
1: So there is one more movie that I want to talk about with these like earlier summer releases. Mm -hmm. Um, This movie made a lot of waves Mm -hmm. when it first came out. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to spend a lot of time talking about it, but we're going to touch on Sound of Freedom. This is the movie that follows kind of the beginnings of Operation Underground Railroad and...
0: Which, if you're not familiar, it's um, an organization. They fight child sex trafficking.
1: Yeah. Um, When we saw the movie, we were like, wow, that's powerful. Mm -hmm. It's a call to action. Yeah. And then we did a little bit more research after um, watching the film. And
0: another thing, like at first I was like, that was really powerful. I really hope this does really well. And and I, I hope people see it. And it, it is a really effective call to arms. Yeah. And then a lot of people started praising it for being like the movie that took Indiana Jones out of the number one spot. And I was yeah. like, and, and they kept saying like, Finally, a movie that's actually quality, and and uh, it's showing Hollywood that we want to see movies like this rather than movies like that. And I was like, I don't not want to see movies like want that though. To, though. Like, I, I I have nothing against the new indie. I have nothing against the new Transformers. I have nothing against this and this and this. I did enjoy Sound of Freedom, but not at the expense of others. And then the more I heard about it, the more. My opinion of Sound of Freedom
1: has
2: deteriorated
1: in a very big way. I think doing my research into Tim Ballard, Mm -hmm. who is the founder of Operation Underground Railroad, who was ousted as the leader, by the Mm -hmm. way, and the actor that was chosen to portray him, they are on some very shaky political ground.
0: Yeah, and... uh, really subscribe to a lot of conspiracy theories. Yeah. Like, not just conspiracy theories that are, like, you know, I I think cheese is made out of, like, dirt or something. Like, it's not conspiracy theories that are, like, non-consequential. They subscribe to some pretty damaging and harmful... Yes. Yeah.
1: So, Um, we're in no way saying that we don't appreciate the voice that Sound of Freedom gave Mm -hmm. to the cause. Obviously, child sex trafficking is terrible Mm -hmm. and needs to be stopped. Yeah. But I also don't agree that these two men should be the face of this and should be receiving praise and all of that. Um, I'm in a spot with this movie now where I'm just like very uncomfortable with it.
2: And, um, um,
1: I would like for it to just kind of go away.
0: Yeah, I. I one thing that I kept hearing was that uh, it's so it's based on a true story. Yes, but the more I've heard, the more it's, it's very
1: loosely based yeah, on a true story. Which there are
0: plenty of movies that take a lot of creative liberties with the true story they're retelling. Mm-hmm. Okay, with a movie like this, the changes that I understand have been made are it's not creative liberties it's dishonesty yes there's i'm hearing more and more like uh it's not just that's not quite how that mission went it's that mission was done but that guy had nothing to do with it so he's taking credit yeah for the accomplishments of others or um like uh he he is able to sort of intercept this kid at the uh, California-Mexico border, and he like saves him. And I've heard he was that never it's like,
1: actually even there, from what yeah, I've heard. Yeah,
0: know. they picked up a kid at the border once, but nothing about that kid's situation is accurate. And that guy, the main character of the movie, was not there in real life. He wasn't even working in. That department yet, like yeah. there's a lot that uh, it. This movie seems very misleading and dishonest. So while I am still, which very... it doesn't
1: feel like that on the face. So once yeah. you see it, you're like, wow, this is powerful. Mm-hmm. This is great. And it just, mm, it feels. I strange. I'm not happy. Yeah with this movie so I think we can just move on from that one we're gonna dive into some of the bigger movies of the summer now Mm -hmm. Um, we do have to take a break
0: yeah we're gonna take a quick break Um, I may uh, I'm gonna take this time for our first um, ad break and then we'll, we'll come back all right so take care hey everybody I know what you're thinking you're thinking man I love movies and TV shows and video games and comics so much. I sure wish I had more awesome toys and collectibles that I could decorate my home with. Well, guess what? I got you covered. There's a magical place called Blast from the Past. It's in Burbank, California. 3117 West Magnolia Boulevard, to be exact. You're going to want to go in, pick out a bunch of stuff, make sure it's all awesome, You're going to take it to the front counter, you're going to pay for it, and BOOM! Now you own it. That shit's yours, legally. Your wildest dreams have just come true. Congratulations. Now you may be thinking, but, 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 but what if I don't live in or near Burbank, California? Don't worry about that. The people over at Blast in the past have thought of you people too. Do you have the internet? Of course, you have the internet. You're a person, not some self important, anti technology, pro magic, like wizard or something. Remember how mean everybody was about Colin Creevy just running around with a normal ass camera? And then it saved his life from a basilisk, so yeah. Lay off of Colin Creevy. Anyways, go on the internet. Go to blastfromthepast.tv. Browse their website. See something you like? Buy it. They discovered how to harness the power of the U.S. Postal System. They're good at it. They'll send you your awesome new toys, swag, etc. And once again, that's now yours. Legally. Spiritually. Metaphysically. Anyways, stop by Blast From The Past. Either in person or on the internet. It's what your soul's been craving. And just to sweeten the deal even more, guys, you're not gonna believe this. When I reached out to the fine, fine folks at Blast from the Past, guess what they said to me? They said, if a single one of you so much as goes into Blast from the Past and has the audacity to mention the real couple, guess what, they're walking away with a free magnet. Are you kidding me? As soon as they said it, I couldn't believe my ears. Okay, so they texted me. I couldn't believe my eyes. I couldn't believe whichever lobe of my brain processes information. It's crazy, all right? Walk into Blast in the Past. Mention the real couple. You're getting a free magnet. Are you kidding me? Are you freaking kidding me? Why aren't you already there? Get over there, kids. Get over there, adults. Get over there, preteens, teens, all the rest of you. Everybody, go to Blast in the Past right now. Do it or else. And we're back. Thanks so much for, for sticking with us. Um, so, we have uh, discussed hopefully half of the, the summer movies, but I feel like no. I feel like we're just long-winded and won't shut the hell up. Um, and we're getting more into the realm of we haven't already recorded yeah, for anything. Yeah, all
1: the ones that are coming up we have not done episodes on
0: okay cool cool um we're not
1: going to talk for an hour about every single one of them though
0: we always try to hurry the hell up and then we proceed to not (laughs) then we don't yeah so with that in mind what are we talking about next uh
1: we are talking about mission impossible dead reckoning part one
0: i was very happy with it I I'm a big fan of the Mission Impossible franchise apart from 1 and 2. I
1: The first two kind of suck. First two like s- how blow. did how did they get this yeah. many more movies after the first two sucked so yeah. bad? I
0: mean like I I don't understand how you get a sequel made after the first one. It's so just bleh. Yeah. And I have no idea how you get a third made after the second. And then after the third I'm like, "Oh, yeah, definitely make more after three. Mm-hmm. Three's great. And then they just get better and better until Dead Reckoning. I would say Dead Reckoning is the one that isn't better than the one before it. I agree. But it is it's not bad, very, though. Yeah. I was very happy that it didn't try to be
1: mm-hmm. the
0: best one yet.
1: I think part two is going to do that.
0: I could see that. I could, yeah. I think this um, was the
1: lead up to mm-hmm. like what I'm hoping is the grand finale
0: are you done with mission impossible
1: yeah yeah okay. it's been going for so long it has
0: been but every time they're like here's the new trailer i'm like oh yeah really okay and then they i see the trailer and i'm like damn i am on board um so yeah very very happy with this movie i love the cast i love the, yes. the group Oh, a uh, bit of spoilers, but the uh, the girl, the the main girl that was introduced in, um, it wasn't Ghost Protocol. Elsa. Yeah, so it wasn't Ghost Protocol. So I think it was uh, Rogue Nation. She got killed off in this one, and that
1: she did. Hurt that one me. hurt.
0: Yeah, I really dug her character, but now we have Daisy Ridley, or no. Not Daisy Ridley. Like, no, no. Um, it's uh, Agent Carter, Sharon or uh, Peggy Carter from the Marvel universe. Haley Atwell. Haley Atwell. There it is. Um, and I thought she was great in this.
1: She did. She did a really good job.
0: Um, and I I really dig the concept of like a new character who is um, well suited for this kind of a story, but she is not at all prepared for it. Yeah. So every time it's like, all right, here's the mission. Here's what sh- we've got to do. She's always like, I have a different idea. What if we call it quits and walk away and let someone else deal? And everyone's <laughs> like, no, we're the the people who deal. Like, we are the someone else that you call to deal with things like this. And she's like. Can we not? Then can maybe just me leave? <laughs> <laughs> um. So, yeah, so obviously, really with her. Mission
1: Impossible,
2: mm-hmm.
1: they're known for, like, the big stunts. The big, yeah. And we'd been seeing the sneak preview of how they did the big motorcycle mm-hmm. jump forever leading up to it. Yeah. Um, I was surprised that that was, like, the last thing in the movie.
0: Yeah. Like, I feel like with the... It was uh, not
1: part of the climax of the movie. Like, I mean
0: oh okay i guess i don't know i
1: I thought it was gonna be a bigger part of the movie
0: yeah um like with uh well i feel like with a lot of the the big deal things like climbing the burj khalifa that's just a thing that happens like halfway through Mm -hmm. in order to accomplish a meetup there has to be an action scene what should we do for the action scene how about something insane yeah (laughs) and then like um The, uh, hanging on the side of the airplane in, uh, pretty sure that was Rogue Nation. That's, like, the very first scene of the movie.
1: Open the door. Open the (laughs) door. The other
0: door. Like, yeah. Um, and then... I
1: love Simon Pegg in these movies. He's
0: so good. Yeah. And I love that, like, someone was able to figure out how to have Simon Pegg and Ving Rhames stand right next to each other constantly. Because, like, Ving Rhames, he's Marcellus Wallace from Pulp Fiction. You know, the black dude that's like, Mm -hmm. We gotta kill all these people, Ethan. We gotta, you know, shoot them in the head and make sure they don't get up. And that dude is standing right next to... Ethan, I should be behind a desk! What am I doing here?! (laughs) (laughs) Like, it's so funny having those two characters be, like, really good friends, but not, like, they don't have any animosity towards each other. It's not like, oh, muscle head over here, and then, like, oh, Mr. sits behind a desk and wears a suit and tie, nerd. Like, there's none of that. It's just, like, yeah a nerd and, like, a muscly assassin are, like, we're best friends. What's weird about that? And I love it.
1: (laughs) One thing with these movies is that I feel like up until the last couple, you didn't necessarily have to have seen the other ones in order to watch the new one.
0: They were fairly standalone. This
1: one, I feel like you need some background on the characters. Yeah. And why it's a big deal that that person's there, you know?
0: I feel like the one... Sort of asterisk I'll put on that is that like with several of the movies, people will mention that Ethan used to be married. Mm
2: -hmm. And if you haven't
0: seen three, you don't know about that. And then uh, there was um, Jeremy Renner. His whole character arc is that he was tasked with protecting the two of them. And then the wife got killed on his watch. And then he finds out later... That the wife didn't get killed and Ethan had to fake her death in order to keep her safe, but he never told the agent tasked with protecting her, and that's kind of a dick move. And like,
1: I was sad he wasn't back for this one.
0: Yeah, because I do, I do really
1: like his character.
0: Yeah. Um. So, who knows if he'll come back? Especially after this past winter. Yeah. Um. Because yeah, I don't know
1: that he will. Be much of, like, an action star
0: Yeah, I don't forward.
1: know. I don't know how his recovery is going.
0: Yeah. Um. But, I mean... For no. those
1: of you who don't know, he was in a horrific snowplow accident. Yeah. And nearly lost his leg. Yeah. And his and life. life.
0: Yeah. Um, um. But it seems like he's recovered well. Like, he's been on talk shows with a cane and yeah. stuff. Like, he's definitely out and about. But uh, I think he's now able to walk without the cane, But being able to walk without a cane and being able to be an action star are two very different things. I can walk without a cane.
1: (laughs) But you can't be an action star?
0: No. If they were to be like, hey Dallas, want to replace Jeremy Renner as Hawkeye? I'd be like, I do. No one else does. (laughs) (laughs) No one wants young Homer Simpson running around with a bow and arrow. (laughs) No. (laughs) Little Homer. Um, (laughs) But, uh. Yeah, so hope he comes back. And I feel like you could easily write Jeremy Renner's character into a Mission Impossible movie and just have him be the guy, uh, very, uh, what's his name, Um, Alec Baldwin-esque. The guy standing there in the suit, looking at the screens, going, uh, you know, they have the uranium, you have to get on that train, You, you know, whatever. But he's not actually, like, in the action. Like, the way Alec Baldwin was in this series, he was never the action star you yeah know? that's so true. you can have jeremy renner be present without asking a lot of him
1: well and something that i learned as we were watching through these uh which maybe bigger fans of the series would know is that jeremy renner was supposed to take over the mission impossible franchise from tom cruise Mm-hmm. Um, And then obviously that didn't happen.
0: Which I feel like that's so weird. That, like, did no one chat with Tom Cruise and be like, hey, is it cool if we bring in Jeremy Renner and he kind of replaces you? Like, at first was Tom Cruise like, oh, that could be a good idea. And then changed his mind later? Or was it, like, a couple months later they were like, yeah, so he's going to be replacing you? And Tom Cruise was like, what, no.
1: The fuck he is. (laughs) Yeah, I'm
0: never leaving this. And they're like, (laughs) oh, well.
1: But why, he's already kidnapped.
0: Jeremy? <sighs> Jeremy, we just talked to Tom. Um go home. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. Um, so I I I've heard that. I would love to find out more about that. Same. Like what does that mean? So um
1: I am excited for Dead Reckoning Part two. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: I thought that this one did a very good job of writing. AI this was another movie that acknowledged like AI and smart technology and stuff like that because I feel like a lot of times it's like and it's it knows everything that the internet knows and with that
2: you yeah,
0: um if the Avengers are fighting as a team they can they can beat something smarter than the internet with processing speeds of supercomputers I was like um. So, uh, fun fact, no, they can't. No, they cannot. (laughs) Like, have you ever wanted to multiply, you know, pi by 17 and a half? A calculator doesn't need more than a 20th of a second to figure out what the answer is. That's just a calculator. You're telling me that this AI is like a bajillion times smarter than that? No one can stop it then. And with this, it was like, it's AI, but it can only, like... It can't manifest physically. It can, like, alter social media and stuff. And I was like, I can get behind that. Okay. And then the whole, like... It can use deepfake technology. It can use, uh, like, voice alterations. Like, there's plenty of um, just AI uh, voiceover stuff. Like, I was... I tried getting into voice acting um, a little, a couple months ago, and a lot of the things I came across were like, we're only hiring for like human voices. We're not hiring for AI to do the job. And I've heard quite a bit of like AI rendered vocal performance, and it's very convincing. It is, And so is, the concept that yeah. this movie was like, He's on the phone with Ethan or whatever. And then all of a sudden, Simon Pegg is telling him to go left and, and turn right and, you know, go up the stairs and stuff. And then you find out Simon Pegg didn't say any of that. That was all the AI.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I can totally believe that. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, I really, really liked the way they wrote.
1: Did we get the face printing in this one? <sighs> It's been a minute since we've seen it, Um, but I feel like that's a very, um, like, Mission Impossible thing.
0: Yeah. Um...
1: wait, no, because in one of the last ones, didn't the face printer, like, break or something?
0: I mean, they have many. Like, they don't just have one face printer. That's true. So, uh, yeah, I, I cannot remember if they ever used the face printing technology. Um... Oh, yes. Yeah, because Haley Atwell needs to pretend to be the girl.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And uh, this was the first time when they actually played with the concept that uh, the face printer doesn't change your eye color, which doesn't make sense anyways. But it's the first time that, like, in order to know... That they've acknowledged it. Yeah, like, which character's which depends on the eye color. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that was kind of a like oh now in the sixth movie is when we're paying attention to that okay um (laughs) which they they don't act like teeth are a factor like um i'm i'm sure if both of them just smiled and, and showed off all their teeth tom cruise and john voight have a very different set of chompers i'm positive yeah but uh so, anyways.
1: So that's Dead Reckoning Part yeah, 1. Yeah,
0: yeah. Again, highly recommend it. Yes. Very happy with it.
1: Um, Our next two movies Ooh. are perhaps the biggest weekend oh. of movies for the summer.
0: Let's go. Let's get we into it. We have
1: them. The Barbenheimer.
0: The Barbenheimer.
1: Do you want to talk about Barbie or Oppenheimer first?
0: Um, I feel like I probably have less to say about Oppenheimer. Okay. It's really, really good.
1: It's amazing.
0: It's yeah. I'm I'm quite sure. I'm predicting right now that's best picture winner.
1: Same this year. It's also going to get so many other Oscars. Yeah. This is going to be one of those movies that is probably nominated for like twelve Oscars. Yeah,
2: um,
0: and I wouldn't be surprised if it walks home with quite with a, few. a lot of them. Yes. Um,
1: this is a Christopher I, Nolan,
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: who, let's be honest, is a god among men. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I'm i
1: sure we have sung his praises on other episodes. Oh,
0: absolutely. I feel like there is one Christopher Nolan movie that I think makes quite a few mistakes. And even then, it's still really, really good. And that's Dark Knight Rises. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that there are quite a few accidents, missteps, not as good as the first two type of a movie with that said it's still accomplishing a scale that's insane it's doing
1: yeah and oppenheimer yeah is just incredible like yeah. he freaking built an atomic bomb for this film
0: um i am i haven't done too much research but i am curious like how they actually accomplished that explosion because i mean it's nolan yeah but i I would be interested to see if there is like the explosion at the size that it is in the movie. Did he actually create an explosion that size? or was there a bit of a force perspective, stuff like that? because did I he believe, do it on miniatures? Yeah, like uh, um, with the bomb that detonated like in real life. Wasn't there like an insane amount of radiation as well? Or am I thinking of Hiroshima or uh, Russia? Chernobyl? Chernobyl. Um, Because obviously there's radiation with Chernobyl, but I thought there was radiation with these bombs, but maybe that's just... I think so. Okay. I don't know. So I feel like someone being like, I want to put a bunch of radiation back into our atmosphere. Why? So that I can make a movie. About what? About that one time when we put a bunch of radiation in our atmosphere. I feel like a few more people would be like, what if you don't? What if you made a movie instead? (laughs) Uh, Um, But
1: the acting in this movie, top notch. Yeah, insane. You have, obviously, huge names in this Mm -hmm. movie. You've got Robert Downey Jr., who is looking old in this movie.
0: Uh, Yeah, with with the use of makeup and stuff. Yeah.
1: You've got people who I'm clearly blanking their names. So we've got
0: Cillian Murphy. Yes. Is it F-
1: Cillian or Killian? I've
0: heard Cillian. From okay. sources that are like, he said his own name. <laughs>
1: okay. Um, so Florence Pugh. Florence
0: Pugh. Emily Blunt. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got, um, and then a bunch of people that are like, that one guy oh, from yeah, that one that that thing. yeah, guy. Yeah. Uh, we got. Josh Peck from Drake and Josh. Oh, yes. I always get, obviously, him mixed up with Drake Bell, but it's Josh Peck is in this. Um, We've got uh, Josh Hartnett. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. We have um, there's uh, a guy from Diary of a Wimpy Kid. There is um, oh, uh, the boys, uh, Jack Quaid is in this.
1: Yes, obviously Matt Damon. We didn't even mention Matt, Matt Damon, Damon. Of
0: course, yes. Um, yeah, massive cast. Every single person is just pretty much everyone along,
1: along that so comes these. on screen. You're like, oh yeah, yeah, oh um, yeah.
0: Obviously the uh, the guy who plays young Han Solo mm-hmm. in Solo, um, Kenneth
1: Branagh.
0: Oh yeah, Kenneth Branagh. Um the the guy who plays the uh um safe cracker from Army of the Dead. He plays uh oh Oppen not Oppenheimer, no. Um shoot, Walter White.
2: Brian Heisenberg. Cranston?
0: No. Heisenberg. Oh because Walter White <laughs> names his Sort of like alter ego. Heisenberg after yes. a famous scientist. Okay. Heisenberg <laughs> is
2: in this. Yes, yes, so, yes. No.
1: Um, um everyone acting wise does a phenomenal job.
2: Yeah.
1: I'm fully expecting this movie to get a best picture nom. It's gotta get a best directing.
2: It's
0: gotta. Yeah. Um
1: sound. Mm-hmm. It's I've never had a jump scare from sound before. Mm-hmm. Um uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Cinematography... It's
0: got a... All um, of these, it's definitely getting nominated. Yes. So whether or not it'll win is... I'm interested to see. Yeah. Um,
1: it is a three-hour movie. Yeah. It is rated R. There mm-hmm. is full-on nudity. Yeah. Um, it's not done in poor taste. No. It's It's, not the focal point of the story. Right. But if that is something that bothers you, just know going in that there is nudity.
0: Yeah. I feel like there are certain movies where nudity is just kind of, um, it's there. And if you kind of avert your gaze, then, you know, it, whatever. But uh, I feel like when the nudity is in this movie, it is, um, it's... uh, palpable is is the wrong term but it is um
1: present
0: yeah um it is used with the subtlety of hammers
1: yes (laughs) um
0: it really drives points home so it is memorable and very effective Mm -hmm. use of nudity um
2: yeah
1: and in true christopher nolan fashion the like political conversation aspects of it like are so well done
0: yeah Uh, like at
1: the end when they're um talking to robert downey jr's character and the one guy is like what is
0: so robert downey jr is very hung up because uh when he goes to introduce oppenheimer to um Einstein. Einstein he says they say something to each other and Einstein goes to walk away and just ignores Robert Downey Jr.'s character and he's always like what the hell did Oppenheimer say to Einstein that just made Einstein ignore me what What did they say about me and finally someone just says you didn't hear them you've spent years hating this guy because you assume he said some negative shit about you and you have no proof that you were the topic of discussion in that moment for all you know they could have been talking about something far more important than you and like it's just this as soon as the dude realizes exactly what all of the uh, factors in the situation are he loses all all respect for Robert Downey Jr, and feels no hesitation on making it clear that he now has no respect left.
1: And something I love about this movie is that you get the story in pieces. Mm-hmm. So you really have to be paying attention as the puzzle is coming together, yeah, because that's what makes it so great in the end. Is that final piece of the puzzle that gets put in, and you see like the background orchestration in the like interviews, and just the downfall of this guy that thought he was on top of the world.
0: Yeah, Uh, something that I did say as soon as we were leaving the theater, I would love to, as always, see this movie again with subtitles. Yes, and I wish there was a cut of this movie that included like the dates. In each scene, so like, so that I know when the black and white footage happens in relation to the Manhattan Project, uh, like time. But in that I town. think that's
1: part of the puzzle.
0: Yeah, but
1: because usually you think of like black and white as mm-hmm. being in the past. Yeah,
0: um, it's, and
1: it it's flipped in this movie. Yeah,
0: and honestly, like I'm not even saying. I wish they'd added it in. I almost would love to see someone release, like, their own cut of the movie where they just put it down at the bottom, Mm. you know? Um,
1: So not for, like, a first viewing?
0: Definitely not a first viewing, but at some point so that I constantly can just reference, you know? Uh, Mm -hmm. Because no movie should ever just have a year permanently posted at the bottom of the screen. But for something like this... I would like to see that. So at any given moment, kind of like how at any minute of the day, if I want to know what time it is, I have it on my wrist. Right. Because I'm wearing a watch. I would love to have almost like a watch in Oppenheimer so that I can just check and see what year this portion of the story takes place in. And the
1: storytelling of this kind of reminded me of how we did Dunkirk.
0: Yeah. Dunkirk was very interesting, and that was something that I didn't pick up on until like the very end of the movie. And so then it was like, oh crap, now I want to just restart from the beginning so that I can like take it in with wiser eyes now.
1: I'm excited Uh, for this to come out so that we can rewatch it.
0: Yeah, which I...
1: Many times. I feel
0: like I said that about Tenet and Dunkirk and I haven't seen either of those a second time yet just because they're so intimidating. Um, But yeah, I I feel like I'm good on Oppenheimer. Yeah. if, If we're wanting to move on, I think I'm...
1: Okay, should we talk about Barbie? We should. This seems like it was the hit of the summer. Mm -hmm. uh, Directed by Greta Gerwig. Mm -hmm. The first movie directed by a female to gross as much as it did. Was that right?
0: Something like that, yeah. Um,
1: Just breaking records for Mm -hmm. women, smashing glass ceilings. Love to see that.
0: Which I.
1: I hate that it came out against Oppenheimer because I have such a deep love for Christopher Nolan mm-hmm. and a crazy respect for how he tells stories and what his mind is capable of. I feel like the masses did not appreciate Oppenheimer the way they should have because Barbie came out. And I almost And I don't feel the opposite. hate Barbie in any way. Mm -hmm. I loved Barbie, and I thought it was great, but I just don't love that it came out against Oppenheimer.
0: And I like that even more, honestly. Like, I, I feel the opposite. I think because such polar opposite films came out on the same day, it became such a joke to see both that both of them did well. Like, both of them did better than they would have because there was that joke of making sure to see both of them as a double feature. Okay. I think a lot of people who would have been interested in one but not the other. If they didn't come out on the same exact day.
1: Would have skipped it.
0: Yeah, they would have seen which one they wanted to and skipped the other one. And instead, it became this like, you haven't lived through summer 2023 unless you did the Barbenheimer. If that makes sense. That does make so, sense. So like, yeah. I'm, I'm curious if Barbie would have broken all those records and done as well as it did if it came out, if it was the only big movie coming out the weekend that it came out.
1: I feel like it would have because I think, obviously people were excited going into Mm -hmm. it, but it had that trickle effect of like everyone posting about, it's so good, you have to go see it. Um,
2: Like,
0: I don't know. I... I think it definitely still would have done very, very well. However, because of the meme that it became, and it only became as big of a meme because it was paired with Oppenheimer. And so because of that, everyone was bare minimum curious as hell.
1: I think we have two very different social media feeds. Yeah. Obviously Um, me as a woman, mm -hmm. a very feminist woman, Mm Um, this movie was all over, like Oppenheimer was not in my feeds. it was all really? Barbie it was wow. all female empowerment it was all dress up in pink, go see Barbie, do a girl's night like
2: wow yeah. the
1: America Ferrera's monologue about you know mm-hmm. do this but not too much because then it'll be viewed like that um that still is. All over my feeds.
0: Um, and yeah, for me, like, all of the... Um, there. There's the popular photo of, like, I don't know if it's two sisters or whatever. But, like, one's really smiley and the other has, like, black hair and, like, just frowning and stuff. And those were always, like, Barbie and Oppenheimer. And, and there were so many memes of those two movies. And, like, uh, there was one where... I guess uh, the production company, they like built Barbie's Dream House as an Airbnb in Mm -hmm. LA, and you could stay in Barbie's Dream House in an Airbnb. And uh, then someone commented on it and said, like, the, uh, um, what's it called? The uh,
1: Oppenheimer marketing team? Yeah,
0: the, the Oppenheimer marketing team has the ability to do the funniest prank on the Barbie marketing team right now. And so yeah, just all those jokes, it really made it seem like this is a package deal. Like if you see one but not the other, you haven't done it fully yet. <laughs> like it almost like um if I were to see Infinity War but not Endgame or Endgame but not Infinity War, You only got half of the story. And so like these memes sort of gave it this, if you saw Oppenheimer but not Barbie, you only saw half of the story. If you only saw Barbie but not Oppenheimer, you only saw half the story. What are you doing? That's so so interesting. I feel like...
1: I want to know what other people's feeds mm -hmm. have been like.
0: And I feel like that concept lasted just the first weekend. You know? So there was Mm -hmm. that huge explosion of people going to the theater that first weekend. And then after that, it was people who wanted to see it a second time or people who didn't care about the meme.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's when they went.
1: Yeah. Um, Should we talk about the actual movie? Sure. Yeah. Uh, so obviously, it's all about Barbie. Mm-hmm. It's a. Oh, sorry. Uh, my watch was about to start talking. Oh. Um, it's a movie about women, by women, for women. Um, I loved it. I thought it was hilarious. Mm -hmm. I thought the deeper meaning behind it was spot on. Um, I thought the actors did great. Yeah. Um, Ryan Gosling as Ken was hilarious. Mm -hmm. Uh, Michael Mm Sarah as Alan. Mm -hmm. Hilarious. Really, really good. What's her name as Weird Barbie?
0: Oh, um, Kate. Kate. Kate McKinnon. Middleton,
1: Kate McKinnon, there we go. I was close with Middleton. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought they all did a great job. Um, I've heard that the scene in the lunchroom with the daughter and her like emo friends, mm-hmm. those were supposed to be the Bratz dolls. Yeah. For those of you who remember that era of dolls. Also, the opening of this movie with the girls playing with baby dolls. Mm-hmm. and then it like switching into Barbie. Hilarious.
0: Did you get that reference at all? What do you mean? That whole first scene. Do you know what that's referencing? No, okay. That was a very faithful, very faithful recreation of the opening of 2001 a space odyssey
1: oh i have seen that movie before like
0: not just shot for shot but like amount of people on screen and where they're placed everything it was surprisingly accurate and i remember seeing that trailer and being like they are taking this 2001 reference really far And then the fact that that's the beginning of the movie, I was like, damn, okay. This is an obscure reference for the crowd you're wanting for Barbie.
1: (laughs) I feel like this movie is going to be one that people will revisit. Mm -hmm. That people will, quote, they'll buy merch. This movie will be remembered for a long time.
0: Yeah. Um, Loved Will Ferrell in this. Yes. Um, uh, I had just referenced uh, Endgame and Infinity War. And the girl who plays Sasha, the daughter, plays young Gamora in oh,
1: Infinity War. I did not catch on to that. Mm-hmm. So as a man,
0: mm-hmm.
1: how did you feel about Barbie?
0: Um, the humor is great. It's really, really a funny movie. So it's one of those movies that, uh, you know, if, if you weren't super interested in seeing this, Go for the comedy. And, you know, it's uh, it's just a lot of that, like, fundamentally funny. So you don't have to, uh, you know, get the reference or anything like that. It's just, it's, it's good. Um, there were a few moments when um, I... There were a few times where it uh, kind of pokes fun at... Uh, guys in general and then a few shots that were like directly at people like me that were like okay okay i'll be a good sport you know like that was definitely a joke at my expense there's a a reference to people who are huge fans of the snyder cut of justice league
1: (laughs) that was hilarious
0: and i (laughs) am absolutely one of those guys that gets passionate about how important the snyder cut is And uh, so, yeah, the fact that the, I feel like the point of that joke is if you're a guy and you are passionate about the Snyder Cut and how good it is and how important it is for media in general, the girls in your life find you so annoying, so relentlessly fucking obnoxious. (laughs) And I was like, "All all right, Yep. I, I know I've definitely annoyed people with that. The concept that, like, every girl that I've talked to about it is just instantly annoyed. Ow. And therefore, haha, you got me. You know? <laughs> um, there was uh, another about, um, I think they're watching The Godfather. And she's like, would you mind restarting this from the beginning so that you can talk the whole way through about how good this is? He's like, absolutely. I was like... As someone with a podcast who loves talking about how good certain movies are and all of the different aspects that make them good, the concept of this movie is like, yeah, you annoy the shit out of girls by doing that too. I was like, ow and therefore, ha ha. (laughs) (laughs) Um, There was at least one moment where um, one of the characters, I think it is uh, um, Margot Robbie, is talking about how uh, difficult it is because she's good at a bunch of things, but she'll never be the best at any of those, mm-hmm. and so she'll never be she'll never be able to consider herself successful because no matter what she's doing, she's not the best at that because she's already best friends with someone better than her at that exact mm-hmm. thing. And I remember just hearing that and being like, "Wow, that is something that." I've struggled with a lot
1: in
2: oh, my yeah.
0: life, like that. Wow, yes this this is really speaking to me in a way that like I can really connect with this character and everything. All of a sudden, and then America Ferrera's character turns to her and goes, "Yeah, you're right. It is so difficult being a woman." And I was like, "Oh, uh, sorry, I, I was taking that as human experience, not okay." Um, I guess I'm in the wrong for thinking I was a. Allowed to try and relate to these characters, I don't know. Okay, and so like that just made me feel like weirdly seen, and then instantly weirdly uncomfortable in the theater. It, it was uh, it was an odd little moment for me. Um,
1: I think this is a movie that it's fun and frilly on the surface, mm-hmm. but there's so much deeper. Yeah than that in it I think it's important to show your young girls this movie and your young boys too like
0: yeah but like that's the thing I feel like it it had the opportunity to speak deeply to everyone and then as soon as it wrote that line then it followed it up with um sort of that uh we're here to empower girls boys find your own fucking empowerment get out of here and it it kind of so
1: much other stuff in hollywood is empowering for men though
0: yeah but <laughs> i i feel like i rarely see movies um acknowledge that type of uh vulnerability you know and so uh and i feel like it or if they are going to it is the the vulnerability of the human experience not the vulnerability of the man's experience or the woman's experience. And so the fact that this was very... Hey, you know that one thing everyone can relate to? Well, this is the girl's perspective. And so...
1: And I just loved it. Yeah, I loved that. And I know, like, we're pretty torn on... <laughs>
2: uh, yeah.
1: <And laughs> which I think is kind now, of the point of this movie, right? Like, it's a m- movie for women.
2: Yeah.
0: And I, I wouldn't say that that one moment made me dislike the whole movie... Um, but I, I kind of feel like the scriptwriters had a moment where they could have related to the entire audience and then immediately followed it up with a line that made it clear that, uh, they're much more interested in relating to 50% of the audience, which with a movie like this, it's, it's not a 50, 50 split. <laughs> no, um, it's not. But, uh, yeah, apart from that, um i thought it was it was very very funny i thought uh it was very well uh not shot but like imagined like the the people who were like i want this shot to look this way i want that house to look like this uh when barbie you know she doesn't go downstairs so she like floats down so this is you know how i i want that whole thing to look i thought all of that felt very um succinct with the vision Mm -hmm. if that makes sense Um,
1: I've heard that Mattel wants to start making more toy based mm -hmm. movies
0: I feel like Mattel has several uh, IPs that definitely lend themselves towards a movie but they're from the reports I'm hearing they're wanting to go full steam ahead with like every one of their IPs and most of those I,
1: are not great
0: yeah like there's no way to make a movie out of a lot of those like i'm hearing they're wanting to make a movie out of like uno yeah <laughs> like, and I'm, like, like the
1: photo viewer thing y- <laughs> viewmaster yes okay are we done with barbie can we move on
0: do you want to move on yes i do um oh john as a mermaid
1: hilarious
0: always great always great um yeah i think i'm good on barbie
1: okay Next up, we have Haunted Mansion. yeah, another one that flew under the radar because there were so many other yeah. huge movies that came out. Mm-hmm. I loved Haunted Mansion
0: yeah i I really liked it. I'm not sure I would say loved, but I dug this. It I thought was, it was
1: a major improvement,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: from the Eddie Murphy one. um
0: one thing that I will say. I really enjoyed the concept of focusing on the Hatbox Ghost. And I thought... Up until a very specific moment... They were handling the Hatbox Ghost... Perfectly well. Um, I, I found the Hatbox Ghost to be really creepy... And straight up terrifying... Until a certain moment... When they like... Showed him to us head to toe... And then once they'd shown him to us once there was never mystery again and uh not sure how many people are familiar with this concept but it um they were working off of like the jaws line of thinking originally and then they just didn't um so with the movie jaws originally the shark was supposed to be very present in the film and the shark animatronic just kept breaking didn't and it didn't work as they kept having to cut moments where he appears and so instead of the shark constantly being around you constantly either have reason to suspect that the shark is there or you just see enough to know that he's there stuff um but he's constantly this weird like either we know he's there or we don't know but he always could be. so there's mm-hmm. always that mystery. and the hatbox ghost was like that for like the first half of the movie and then you see him way too much and he's no longer scary. And by the end of the movie, I was kind of glad once they finally defeated him like just get him get him off screen please he's, yeah it's too much. stop. Um, but uh, they made a lot of references to the ride.
1: Yeah, to um, both rides.
0: But, yeah. Um, and, and by both,
1: and, I mean Disneyland and Disney World. Yeah,
0: um, But they, they were making some really obscure references, too, that I was very happy with. Um, and things that, uh, if you haven't written one version of the ride or the other, then... No worries. You're you're still going to be fine. But if you have ridden both versions of the ride, then there are certain clips and shots and little Easter egg things that you might go, oh, yeah, from the other version. Um, so I, I really dug that.
1: I liked the cast.
0: Um, I liked a lot of the cast. Um, the kid didn't quite do it for me. I mean, like, child
1: actors are so hit and miss anyways. Yeah.
0: Um, but he was this weird, like, he... If you were to tell me he's nine, I believe you. And if you tell me he's f- 65, I believe you. Like, it's the. He it was a weird <laughs> kid. Like, every time I looked at him, I was like, how old is this entity thing? What the hell? Um,
1: I loved Owen Wilson. I thought him as Wilson. a preacher was hilarious. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: I loved Danny DeVito.
0: Yeah. For me, I'm looking up his name right now. Um, the main guy? Yeah. Lakeith Stanfield. He stole the show.
1: He did. He did a phenomenal job. so
0: good. And he's one of those guys that um, I've seen him in several things. And he's always either really good in something or at least in something that's interesting. Like, I've seen him in Atlanta. I've seen him in Get Out. I've seen some of uh, Sorry to Bother You. Um, I know he's in a few other things. But, uh, yeah, he chooses very interesting projects. And with this, I feel like this isn't as interesting as a lot of the stuff that he usually seeks out.
1: He but, plays it well, though. But
0: he decided to come at it with a very interesting persona. Mm-hmm. And the the movie benefits from having him in it. Yeah, it does. Um,
1: Rosario Dawson did a good job, Zario too. Rosario Dawson's
0: good, yeah. Um, I, I think there there are a few moments where the lines they wrote it's kind of unclear if that was meant to be a punchline or not. Like, um, there's a moment where like this suit of armor starts like following the kid and he's like, mom, this place is haunted. She's like, no, it's not haunted. No. And then she like turns and the suit of armor is right there. She doesn't remember it being there. And then it like turns its head and she's like, yeah, we're out. I'm like, was that, was that supposed to be funny? Like, I, I don't quite know, but it's, it wasn't meant to be serious or, like, get me, like, on edge or anything. And so, yeah, like, it's it's got a, an odd atmosphere that I, I feel like more often than not, I ended up digging.
1: Yeah, I want to rewatch it for sure. Yeah. This is another one that's considered a flop this summer.
0: Yeah. Um, but I
1: watched a video at one point that made a really good observation where, like, back in the day your summer blockbusters were like your huge movies that mm-hmm. everyone went to see. But it was like one movie every summer. And it was like the really expensive one for the studios to make where they really had to, you know, have a blockbuster to make back their, their revenue, right? Yeah. And now...
0: The saturation. Every
1: movie yeah. costs so much mm-hmm. that it puts this pressure on it every movie to be a blockbuster yeah but like take this summer for instance like we had so many huge movies yeah you can't have 13 blockbusters every summer because not everyone is like us and is gonna go see every movie in the theater yeah most people will go see some movies every couple months they might go to a movie like yeah And so, it's making this weird atmosphere with movies where, like, if they don't make billions opening weekend or in their theater run as a whole, then they're considered a flop. When it's like, no, that was just a normal movie. Yeah. So, like, they count Haunted Mansion as a flop, but it's like, it came out right after the biggest movies of the summer. Like... Most people were kind of done with going to summer movies.
0: Mm-hmm. And I feel like there, there needs to start being a way to make movies that look good for cheaper. Because yes. that's another reason why movies are being considered a, a massive flop or whatever. It's because a lot of movies are just too expensive. Mm-hmm. You know, you'll have an Avengers movie where it costs a lot and it makes a lot. You'll have avatars, where it costs a ton, but it makes a ton. But then you have things like Haunted Mansion. Definitely not as expensive as an Avengers movie, but it was very expensive. And because it was very expensive, they expect to make a lot of money back. And they didn't. And so then they're like, it was a huge waste of money. No, it wasn't. You just wrote a lot of need for CGI. Into yeah, your script.
1: CGs expensive. CGs
0: very big expensive. Big name
1: actors are expensive. Yeah.
0: yeah. It, that's another thing. Like um which well, I think and people is think why.
1: now they have to they have to have these big name actors in mm. order to make it a blockbuster.
0: Which is why I love seeing what A24 can do. Yes. And th- companies like that where they their sales pitch is very this is not a big budget. But we're going to make an interesting movie. And so you can get a Willem Dafoe and a Robert Pattinson in a black and white movie that all takes place in a lighthouse. And they're going to be like, okay, how much am I going to get paid for this? And the studio can go, not fucking Batman money. And you are not getting Green Goblin paychecks, Willem. Yeah. And they go, oh, no, 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 no. Like, Am I going to make enough to afford food and they're like yeah we'll get you that much they're like cool then at that point i just want a really good movie on my resume at least that's what it seems like and i feel like we've
1: talked about this in the past where it's like because these big names are getting so expensive it's gonna start opening up opportunities for other people to break in through studios like a24 Mm -hmm. to like start in the indie and really make a name for themselves. Yeah. And then I think, you know, these studios are going to get sick of paying Dwayne The Rock Johnson prices. Yeah. When um, they could get the same performance or a better one from somebody who costs less.
0: You can always get a better performance than Dwayne Johnson.
1: Yes, I can. Obviously. Um, I just know that he makes a lot of money for every makes movie stupid that he does. money.
0: And Dwayne Johnson... Isn't doing indie movies?
1: No, absolutely not. No,
0: Robert Downey Jr. does. Yeah, yeah. He'll he'll make a movie like The Judge. He'll be in Charlie Bartlett. He'll be in movies like that. But then he plays Tony Stark again. Yeah, and that p- pays for his next three mansions. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, I I do like that. Uh, there are these movies w- that show that it's possible to get big names to sign on for a much smaller paycheck. Um, But, yeah, I I feel like there are certain movies that are just... You're doomed as soon as you sign on your main cast. Yeah. Um,
1: Anyways, we've digressed off of Haunted Mansion. Yeah. Um, I in no way think that this deserves to be considered a flop. I enjoyed the Mm -hmm. movie. I think it's worth watching. Yeah. If you're a fan of The Ride go see it yeah um i will say so we went opening night mm-hmm. of haunted mansion Ooh,
2: Yeah.
1: and there were like four-year-olds in our crowd mm-hmm. this movie is rated pg-13 and i don't think you necessarily have to be 13 to see it i think you could take an eight or nine-year-old and be yep. just fine but i don't think that i would take a four-year-old to yeah. it yeah Um, There are definitely some parts of that movie that get a little bit scary and I think could be a little much for a four-year-old. The
0: earlier into the movie you get, the spookier it gets. And um, when it's aiming for a kind of creepy, spooky vibe, it does a really good job of achieving that. And um, I think there are plenty of parents out there who want to be able to take fairly young kids to the theater, I feel like if that's going to happen, you need to know your children well. Yeah. And you need to know what movie you're getting yourself into.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's four-year-olds out there that can handle spookier stuff. Yeah. But... But there was a kid sitting next to us who was legit getting scared. Yeah.
0: Like, really, really getting freaked out. And you could kind of tell that, like... Because the family spent a lot to come to the movies tonight, as soon as one of their kids is having a bad time, they weren't willing to pull the plug and and get out of there.
2: Oh
1: my gosh, we had the worst crowd for that movie. Yeah. There was was... one family that brought like eight young kids and just let them run the theater. Okay, if we need to have another theater etiquette rant, we have had such horrible theater behavior mm-hmm. from children and parents that allow this horrible theater behavior. Yeah.
0: Also, another thing, and this is, I didn't think this was as bad, and maybe it's just a Utah thing, but pick up after yourselves. Oh the my god The amount gosh. of times I've gotten up and walked out of a theater, like after the after the movie's done, and I'm looking around, and people just leave their soda cup in the cup holder. Are you kidding me? And candy
1: wrappers all over the floor. Oh, gosh. It's
2: like animals were left in the theater. The tub of popcorn
0: is just right there on the ground. They may have spilled their popcorn. Like, if you spill your popcorn accidentally, okay. Accidents happen. Yeah. That's why people come. I mean, we've done it. Yeah. yeah, I I have accidentally uh, spilled popcorn. Okay. But I've seen things where it's clear that, like, everything was tipped over. Which means... You tipped multiple things up. Like, people are animals. Yes. I, I've been horrified and disgusted seeing like walking past what these theater employees are gonna have to clean up after the room is empty. Um, yeah. If if you take on more of a Boy Scout mindset, if you bring it in, bring it out.
1: Leave it better than when you found yeah. it. Yeah.
0: Like, you Neanderthal These bastards. poor
1: theater employees making yeah. minimum wage do not need to clean up after your animal children.
0: Yeah. And if you are the problem and you're bringing your kids, your kids are growing, going to grow up to be another problem. And so, we don't
1: need more problems in this yeah, world, people.
0: Yeah. Like, just, go. don't be disgusting.
1: Man, we keep digressing off of this movie. Yeah. Are we good on Haunted Mansion? Um,
0: Oh, uh, two things. Um, I feel like there could have been a bit less CGI on Jamie Lee Curtis's face as Madame Leota. Yes. Like, I can recognize that that's Jamie Lee Curtis. Now that I recognize it, you you can put her on screen. But she always sort of had this, like, CGI, like, film over Mm -hmm. her face. And I was like, why are you wasting budget on making her look less than lifelike? Yeah. Just use the footage you got. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know what's going on, but it's it's kind of odd that you're still trying to make her look otherworldly. Like, stop. And then uh, Tiffany Haddish. I am just not quite a fan of Tiff- Tiffany Haddish, but she was a fairly big presence in this movie.
1: You didn't like her? No. Interesting. So
0: yeah, if she doesn't jive with you, it's a, a fairly relentless role. To not jive with the whole time. Yeah. Um, I like
1: Tiffany Haddish, okay. so I enjoyed it. Okay. But um, I could see if she's not your cup of tea, then and I feel that's like, a strong cup.
0: Yeah, yeah. And um, from sort of like the pitch of her character, finding a Louisiana, New Orleans medium, I think could be really interesting in a movie like this. Mm-hmm. And she seems very new york african-american girl
1: yeah i could see that
0: and so to be like no no no, she's she's a new orleans uh psychic like her wow Glory? okay she's she's <laughs> doing like an accent and everything no she's doing her normal like
2: <laughs> oh what the hell oh my gosh i can't believe it. oh my gosh
0: sort of voice but you're claiming she's a new orleans medium <laughs>
2: So, and maybe
1: that's just part of what makes it funny, too, is yeah, that maybe. she's so not that, but she's yeah. pretending to be that.
0: <laughs> um, so, yeah, that was one thing that was like, I really like this movie. Can't say that I loved it because of a few yeah. things here and there that permeated the whole film. But
1: We good to move on to our next to on, yep. summer movie? Mm-hmm. All right, next up, we have Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutant Mayhem.
2: Oh, my
0: gosh.
1: loved this movie. This
0: movie movie. was damn good. Also,
1: backstory. Mm -hmm. We see this movie in theaters, loved it. Mm -hmm. Then Dallas decides, hey, Paige, you need to fully appreciate just how good this movie is. So we're going to watch all of the other Ninja Turtles movies. So that you can fully appreciate it. And let me tell you what, uh, Mutant Mayhem is the best of all of them.
0: Easily, yeah. The
1: animation was so fun. Yeah. The characters were so well written. We finally got characters that felt like they were teenagers. Mm -hmm.
0: But not in a... uh... Not in a way where it feels like adults trying to write children and therefore they just write them Therefore annoying. it's all just
1: fart jokes. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, just to jump back real quick, I'm not going to spend long on this, but one of my big complaints on Flash, uh, Barry Allen from present day goes back like five years and he has to work with Barry Allen at the age of like 18. And so in order to rem- like write them differently... They just write 18-year-old Barry Allen as relentlessly stupid and annoying. Mm-hmm. And like like he's high the whole time or something. Yep. And he's just, it, it's garbage. It's, they do not know. I don't know if it's, they can't write a child or they can't write a slightly younger version of a character and try to make him feel unique. I don't know. But yeah, it's terrible. And I feel like the same way the writers wrote. Slightly younger Barry Allen. So the same way, they'll just be like, how do we write this character? Uh, Just write him super annoying, and that's good enough. That's how people constantly write the Ninja Turtles.
1: Until now. Or,
0: like, they'll either write them really annoying, or they just won't write them as teenagers. They'll just write them as full-grown adults who have an addiction to pizza and video games and, and skateboarding. stuff and just to like yeah. remind you like no they are technically supposed to be teenagers it was so bad and then seth rogan swings into action and knows exactly how to write kids in ways that um like they can be annoying but in like an endearing way yeah
1: they weren't you know? like obnoxious yeah
0: like they'll do stupid shit like they'll throw watermelons at each other and try to cut through them in the air just to be like, yeah, it's just like real fruit ninja. And it's like-
1: And it's like, oh, I'm talking to a girl.
0: Actually, when I was younger, uh, I can't even say that this was like me and my child friends. At some point, my father obtained a katana and we did throw fruit at each other on the front lawn. So I.
1: Wait, um, is that for reels?
0: Yeah. Yeah, we would like throw apples at each other on the front lawn. Like, it was me, my dad, I think Brian was there. Like,
2: wow. Yeah. I the, did not know the that.
0: The katana in our library has cut through fruit. So,
1: of all the things
0: that I could actually <laughs> relate to, the scene when they're cutting through watermelons in midair, I was like, actually, like. If I was a teenager, I would absolutely do this. Fortunately, I had a teenager for a father. (laughs) Um, So, yeah. like There's things that they do in this movie that are like, that's very teenager. Like, I could see a teenager Mm -hmm. who owns a katana and ninja stars doing this. And, like, yeah, it's great. It's so good. The writing is phenomenal. Um, The story is great like uh they they still have that like we're mutants but we wish we could be normal people mm-hmm. and we wish we could be accepted which they totally try to do. and it's still that.
1: crazy when we try to talk to a girl
0: yeah like it's so good they, they i loved
1: this take on april o'neill too yeah because it feels like in every other teenage mutant ninja turtle story April's this like out of their league, like super hot girl. This one, she's just like more accessible, I guess.
0: And she's there, she's age. more normal. Yeah. Like in the other versions, she's an adult. Yeah. And so these teenagers are like, hey, do you want to go out with me? And she's like, I thought you were a teenager. And doesn't that mean like 16? And they're like, yes. And she's like, if you were a human, it would still be illegal. But you're a reptile. (laughs) Yeah. And in this, they just, they write chemistry so well between characters. Um,
1: I feel like, and I know we've talked about this before, but this is the kind of story that is so much better when it's animated. Yeah. Because, like, you have the rubber suits... The original of trilogy, The original. Yeah. You have the, like, full CG the of the Michael suits. Bay. Yeah. And it's just... I don't know. It's its not as good as the animated. And I loved the animation in this one because it was, like... Not quite, like, claymation, but kind of, like... I don't know. It was, like...
0: It was hand-drawn. Like, it was so... Uh, it it, it felt, was
1: very unique.
0: It felt very Spider-Verse but very unique still where yes. it felt like sketchy, like the look of comics where you're just, you know, hand drawn, but then make that look like it's moving. Mm-hmm. Um, however, when you say comics, there's so many different art styles within comics. And so when I look at the art style of mutant mayhem, my brain goes, oh yeah, I've seen comics that look like that. And then when I look at the art style of Spider-Verse, I go, oh, I've definitely seen comics that look like that. And so yeah, um
1: Oh, and something we haven't touched on with this movie yet is that we got like Bebop and Rocksteady and uh the Superfly. Yeah, and the gecko mm-hmm. or the lizard thing. Yeah,
0: I'm nearly positive. Played by Paul Rudd. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then uh the Ray um, Yes. Played by um Post Malone. Yes. Um, yeah. Great characters there. Great cast. Um,
1: And it wasn't a Shredder story.
0: Yeah. It's always really nice to see a uh, Turtles movie that can write the villain that isn't Shredder. Um, I was very happy with that. But at the same time, seeing this first movie do like nail the story so well, the final moment pretty much teases like the sequel is gonna be about shredder Shredder. yeah well then hell yes please yeah Mm -hmm. definitely i feel like that is very batman begins and dark knight yeah everyone wants to write the joker Joker. story for batman and then christopher nolan comes along and goes no 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 i'm gonna show that he has other phenomenal villains and he kills it with raz al ghul And Scarecrow. Mm -hmm. Absolutely puts it to bed. And then when people are like, dude, you're so good. What are you doing for your next movie? That's when he goes, okay, let's be real. You gotta do Joker. But Mm -hmm. you don't have to do Joker first. And that's a really cool thing. And that's exactly what Mutant Mayhem's doing. From the looks of things. Um, Is that first, we're going with slightly more obscure. Now we're gonna do Shredder. Something I would love to see for the third movie. Because... It's still a very iconic turtles villain, but I would much rather see it drawn than rendered in live action. It's Krang.
2: Oh gosh,
0: <laughs> he looks terrible in the Bay movies.
2: He looks awful. He
0: doesn't look that bad in the animated series. Doesn't look great, but I feel like in this art style, he could he could be great. He could be so good.
1: I want to see more from Seth Rogen. Yeah, and the Ninja Turtles. Yeah. The milking machine, hilarious. The
0: milking machine.
1: Because Splinter's always like, "Don't go up there, you're gonna get milked."
0: Yeah, and they're like, "Dad, it's
1: not, it's not like that. You don't get milked." And then they do.
0: Yeah, Um, and and with the whole like doing a really good Turtles movie without Shredder as your villain, my favorite of the Turtles movies up until Mutant Mayhem, like this just knocked it out of the park but i really love the 2007 cgi movie from image um
1: tmnt yeah
0: officially just titled tmnt it's great and i for years i've been saying that that should have been the thing that they made sequels to not the michael bay movie not you know anything else Mm -hmm. just make sequels to that it's it doesn't look like overly expensive animation style but they did a great job with the characters
1: and this is one that you can bring the whole family to yeah it's not scary it's not complicated it's not adult Mm -hmm. you can just you know buy your popcorn enjoy watching it and you really don't have to worry
0: yeah um but yeah so with the 2007 movie that's another one that doesn't touch shredder at all Mm -hmm. and i love that about that um and uh, I, I've known a lot of people who, growing up, when it's like, do you like this? Do you like that? Turtles? This turtles? Whatever. A lot of people are diehards for the original movie, the first live action with the with the uh, suits and everything. They love that first movie. And at first, I was like, eh, it's so basic, yada yada yada. As I watched more videos about the first movie, as I watched the second two, the, the first movie is. Fairly well done, Mm -hmm. especially for its time. You're not going to get a crazy big budget for a Turtles movie back then. Um, So I I can dig that. Okay. Me personally, I still think that the 2007 CGI movie is better than that first Turtles live action movie. I agree. However, as soon as Mutant Mayhem ended, I was like, no, competition's over. Oh, yeah. this, This just obliterated all of the competition far and above and then i was searching through uh tiktok a couple days ago weeks ago whatever and this guy who was like since i was a kid i've always said the first movie is the best turtles movie and nothing will ever touch it and then i took my kids to see this new mutant mayhem it's perfect everything about it is perfect the soundtrack is perfect the visuals are perfect the writing is perfect the action is perfect and i was like okay so even like the diehards that claim that nothing can ever touch the the first one they're still recognizing that this new one is s tier like this is insanely good this Mm -hmm. is impossibly good for a turtles movie so yeah if you haven't seen this one yet and you have even the slightest interest in the ninja turtles go and see it oh yeah totally worth your time
1: yeah are we good on turtles do we want to move on yeah okay our next one is gran turismo
0: um
1: which fun fact we talked about this one on good things utah
2: yeah yeah um that was
1: our third time being on good things utah doing reviews so that was super fun we talked uh,
0: uh sound of freedom uh joyride um uh
1: crowded room
0: crowded room but like of the things we've discussed on this oh. episode transformers rise of the beasts yeah and uh yeah um and gran turismo
1: yes so shout out to jill who is the executive producer yeah. on good things utah who gives us the opportunity to share our thoughts on movies yeah um uh,
0: but yeah so Gra- gran turismo
1: Loved this. Freaking movie. loved it.
0: This was dope. This this is up there with the the greats as it really far as is. Uh, racing movies. Ford versus Ferrari, uh Speed Rush. Racer. It no. Nope. It's <laughs> not that far up there. No. <laughs> this, I just wanted to see your reaction no when I racer. said that. Nothing will ever be Speed Racer. Not even Mutant Mayhem. Like <laughs> But um Yeah, this as far as like Live action based on a true story, uh, you know, major league racing movies go this is really, really good, yeah.
1: So, for those of you who don't have a background on mm-hmm. what this movie is, there is a video game called Gran Turismo that's a basically a simulation, yeah, that is very realistic on what it's like to race these cars, and uh, back in What, like 2006? No. No, it
0: was later than that. I've been seeing videos on YouTube about the true story, and they're all roughly six years old.
1: Okay, so a few years back, they did basically a competition for the best Gran Turismo players to get an opportunity to actually race a real race car. And so... Jan, who is the main character of Gran Turismo, it follows his story as he gets into that camp and then as he gets the opportunity and becomes an actual race car driver. Um, it just it makes you care about this character. Yeah, You get David Harbour, mm-hmm. who we love, Yep. Um, you get Orlando Bloom back on the big yeah, screen, dude. who we haven't seen in years. Yeah,
0: it it was a bit of a uh, return of a king, if I will.
1: If you will, <laughs> good play on words there. Okay. Um, but it has you on the edge of your seat multiple times. Yeah, not just during like the climax, like so many different times. You care about his wins. You care about his losses. You care about. The racing side of things and you care about his personal life. Like, yeah. I,
0: I think if we're going to sing the praises of uh, Orlando Bloom and David Harbour, we also need to shout out Jimon uh, Housso.
1: Yes, he plays Jan's dad.
0: Yeah, really, really. For a role that is, uh, he has so much less screen time than everyone else, but he comes at it with ferocity. Like he Mm -hmm. really gives it his all and the film really benefits for it.
1: It does. I feel like everyone is just giving it their all in this movie. Yeah. Oh, I loved it. And I think video game movies definitely have a bad rap because most of them suck. For good reason. For good reason. Um, Yeah.
0: Um, And I feel like this is such a different, video game movie yeah you can't just do this for everything no 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 if you want to make a halo movie you can't be like this person's really good at playing halo so he's gonna go and actually fight real aliens yeah no you can't (laughs) this is a very unique uh story that can only be told for a specific genre of video games and the the fact that it has such an incredible true story to adapt into your movie mm-hmm. while still being able to sort of give credit to the video game that yeah. caused it all. Like, it can still be considered both a true story and based on a video game.
1: Yeah. It's very it's very unique. Yeah. And the cool thing about, like, the actor that played Jan is that his stunt double was the real life mm-hmm. Jan. Like,
0: yeah. Um,
1: so it was very true to the person, which I always think is really cool when they give the actual people a role in the film.
0: Well, a role or at least like, um, have them on as like a, uh, advisor to the movie or something yeah. so that they have a hand in it. Like, um, he obviously didn't do stunt work, but I know that, uh, or they didn't do stunt work, but, um, Ice Cube and Dr. Dre were both. Heavily involved in the creation of Straight Outta Compton. Yeah. And so as a movie I like trust that film more mm-hmm. because the people it's telling the story of are there on set being able to say like that's exactly how it was or um, if if you need to or take. Or they
1: can give their blessings for the certain creative liberties that are yeah,
0: taken. Yeah. Because there are times where it's like um, did these four things all happen at the same concert? No. But in the same tour, these four things happen at four different concerts. So in the movie, let's just put them all in one night. Mm-hmm. So that the audience knows these four experience we experiences we had. Sure, fine, whatever, go. Um,
1: Another cool thing about this movie is that, I guess spoiler alert, there is a big crash yeah. that happens during the movie.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, basically, he's coming up over this hill and his car just catches wind and turns into a fucking like, piece of paper and yeah. just flies off.
0: As soon as the wind is able to get under the car, it...
1: It just launches yeah, him. it's a sail. And takes him over the fence, ends up killing a spectator. Mm-hmm. Um, we watched videos of the actual crash and it looked... Exactly the same yeah, in the movie clearly, as it did in real life.
0: Yeah, they weren't there to, like, That's dramatize. not the part of the movie that they yeah, dramatized. They <laughs> really looked at the footage and said, put exactly that into the movie. Um, they clearly didn't use actual footage, which I appreciate. Yeah. But, um, yeah.
1: But they recreated it shot for shot.
0: Yeah, um, and... There's a, a moment where when his uh, the hood of his car comes up off the ground, there's a shot inside the car, and you can see him just turning. turning. And yeah. it, it really has this weird, like... It, it puts you into this mindset of, like, imagine being in that car when it mm-hmm. suddenly hits that angle. Oh.
1: Heartbreaking. Um,
0: yeah, I was very, very impressed with...
1: We highly recommend this movie. Yeah. It is rated p g thirteen. Um, there's not a lot of like super adult content. There's language, I yeah. would say, and the crash scene is yeah,
0: and that's
1: is pretty shocking, yeah
0: they they really lean into how devastating that is. and um, yeah. They don't try to like, eh, there was a crash, but uh, they're like, no. And then this happened and it affected him. And this yeah. is why it affected him. And this mm-hmm. is what he went through. And, and this
1: is how he yeah. handled it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Definitely yeah. see it. It's very well done.
0: Yeah. Um. It, if you don't like video game movies, but you like sports movies, see this. Yeah. If you don't like sports movies, but you like video game movies, see this. Yeah. Like, it's, it, it. Um, Even
1: if you think you're like, oh, I don't like video game movies. See it anyways. Yeah.
0: Um, Because, yeah, it is much more true story sport racing than it is video game. Um, Yeah. What do we got next?
1: We have two more movies. Okay. So So our next one, we are talking Blue Beetle, which we had teased a little earlier when we were talking about Flash. This is another DC movie. Mm -hmm. This one's weird because technically this one is in the new DC universe, but it's not like the kickoff to the DC universe.
0: Right. So um, DC has decided because things weren't quite working with their uh, old universe, they have decided Mm -hmm. to completely step away from the continuity that was... Uh, that began with Man of Steel and had, uh, you know, a bunch of movies. The Shazam movies were in that continuity. The Justice League, Wonder Woman, all that stuff. And so they are going to be recasting pretty much every single character apart from a few that uh, James Gunn has, has worked with. Um, and so we're pretty much etch sketching the whole universe and starting...
1: Starting fresh. Starting new.
0: When they announced this, it was early on enough in the creation of this Blue Beetle movie that they pretty much announced we're going to start this new universe and the kickoff film will be a new Superman movie called Superman Legacy. And then the, um, the team behind Blue Beetle said, well, we're putting all this energy into this movie we're about to make. Can we pivot a bit so that instead of taking place in a dying universe? Can we be part of a new one? So they said, okay, yeah, if you do this, this, and this, then you can canonically take place in this new universe. You'll, you still won't be considered the kickoff film, but you will canonically take in place it. in yeah. it. So, just like how Man of Steel kicked off the last universe, or how Iron Man 1 kicked off the Marvel Cinematic Universe, the kickoff film will be superman legacy whenever that comes out but just know that when superman legacy does come out it is taking place in the same same universe universe. and continuity as this blue beetle movie and i believe the suicide squad james gunn's suicide squad movie also takes place in here i don't know for sure because that acknowledges certain things about the old universe i don't know it's It's an odd situation. I recognize why someone like James Gunn would fight to be able to recycle some of his favorite stuff.
1: Yeah.
0: It's weird. Um, Yeah. And and we kind of have to just wait and see how everything shakes out.
1: This movie I thought was good. Yeah. It was watchable as a DC movie. I
0: will say it was a lot better than I had anticipated.
1: Yes. I do think it was very formulaic. It was very predictable. Um, I think if it had come out around the same time that Marvel put out Iron Man, I would have been a lot more amazed by it. Yeah. But because Marvel's put out so many movies.
0: That all follow that formula. (laughs) Yes. Yeah.
1: That I'm just like, okay, it's another superhero movie. It's another, you know underdog gets powers and saves the world and Mm -hmm. so it wasn't anything spectacular yeah i don't think
0: um
1: i liked the look in on the like hispanic culture mm -hmm. and family dynamic i thought that was well done but yeah i don't it's nothing to write home about honestly in my opinion
0: i did find certain things about this movie uh, I, I, I'm i interested in this world because uh, so Jaime Reyes and his family live just outside of a major city in Central or Southern America. Um, what?
1: I thought it was in like Florida.
0: I had definitely assumed that they were not in the United States. Oh. Um, but that's another thing that I, I do enjoy about DC. And
1: Didn't they mention Gotham at one point?
0: Yeah. He attended Gotham Academy. That was the, or Gotham University or whatever. Um, which was a, a nice reference to that. But uh, I do like that DC takes place in an alternate world to our own. So the the major cities are different names. And so because of that, you can never really pinpoint exactly, like if someone says metropolis, you can't just say like you know exactly where that is because it's kind of uh, New York. But at the same time, Gotham's kind of New York. So which one is located exactly where New York is? Or is their United States even the same layout as ours. Um so because of that, every city you kind of get an idea of where it is generally on the globe, but at the same time, it can be kind of wherever. So I thought he was in sort of Latin America, uh like Mexico City type of a Interesting. place. Interesting. But they live on the outskirts. So like sort of the, the not quite slums, but the, the shittier part of
2: town. Yeah.
0: But they have grown up with a clear line of sight to these skyscrapers in a world that clearly has technology brought to us by LexCorp, Wayne Enterprises, other things like that, and then also, potentially, from otherworldly sources. And so these huge skyscrapers have like holograms projected around them As billboards Mm -hmm. and stuff. And I I really want to see more of this world to find out, like, where is their version of mankind technologically? That was really interesting to me. Even though it's, like, not even a plot point. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, I, I remember watching the trailers and it seemed... Everyone just seemed loud and annoying. And... I was actually very impressed with the cast of characters. Yeah. Uh, Jaime's dad was like very endearing Mm -hmm. with the uh, he's got heart problems, but he doesn't want to bother his son with it. He wants him to be able to focus on college. Um, The uncle is very. um,
1: Conspiracy theorist. Yeah, conspiracy theorist. (laughs) Big brother's um, always watching. Yeah,
0: paranoid over mm-hmm. you know big corporations big governments, stuff like that and so in the trailer at some point someone's like oh this is like batman tech and he just yells out batman's a fascist and i was like what the hell are you doing like your universe is already like so shaky you're already restarting your continuity why are you just having characters openly talk shit on some of your most popular characters what are you doing and so um, once I really got to know the uncle in the movie, once he says Batman's a fascist, I was like, I could see someone like you saying something like that. Yeah. That's fine. Um, and uh, I I thought they did a good job of showing the suit's capabilities, um, allowing the face of the suit to emote Jaime's reactions yeah. and stuff without, you know, like, mm-hmm. um, there are certain masks throughout the years i feel like uh their spider-man masks that don't they they cover too much of the character's performance um whereas like uh tom holland's spider-man mask they finally brought in like the yeah the the, the eyes that can change size and that gives you a lot more of pretty much the equivalent of eyebrows yeah um deadpool had to do a lot of like, th- this mask isn't really made out of fabric. It's made out of magic, pretty much. Yeah. So when he's, you know, moving everything, you're pretty much just seeing Ryan Reynolds' face in the form of fabric. Mm-hmm. And that works really well. And with this, they had to do their own how are we going to get Jaime's performance through this mask? And I think they did a really good job with that. Um, Susan Sarandon plays a very one-dimensional villain. Yeah. Um. So... Okay. Having a not interesting villain in a comic book movie is nothing new. Which is why, when there is a villain that is interesting, it's fascinating.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know? Um, when we get a, a killmonger or, you know, a, a joker, things like that, we're like, holy crap, this guy's actually interesting. Um So yeah, I was uh I was happy with all that. Um there's a moment when we learn about the Original Blue Beetle. And uh, I'm very interested in that because there's a mid-credits scene, I think, that shows that the girl's dad, who was the original Blue Beetle, he's still alive alive out there somehow. And from the reports that I've been seeing, uh, I guess the director is hoping to be able to get Jason Sudeikis to play that role.
1: I love him.
2: And...
0: All of the side-by-side shots of Jason Sudeikis and the character from the comics and Jason Sudeikis and that mural of the family when they go to her house, it all looks very Jason Sudeikis. So, if he signs on, I am so here for it. Oh, yeah. He's, he would be he a very... He plays Ted Lasso,
1: for those of you mm-hmm. who don't know him by name.
0: Uh, which, he's great in Ted Lasso, but at the same time, he's great in We're the Millers, if you haven't seen yeah. that. He's great in Horrible Bosses, if you haven't seen that. Um, Yeah, he's really... He's great. He's great, and he's hilarious. He would be very Paul Rudd Ant-Man-esque. Because I feel like DC has wanted to have their version of Ant-Man. Well, all
1: of it felt very Ant-Man to me. Yeah? Especially with, like, getting the communication that he's still alive. I was like, oh, what is he, like, in the quantum realm? Yeah. Like, is this...
0: That felt, yeah, um, very you're the second person to take on this persona. Yeah, I could definitely see that. Um,
1: I think this story and this character has a lot of potential. Yeah. If James Gunn chooses to use it. Mm -hmm. Um, But like we've mentioned before, it's really just to wait and see on Mm -hmm. how characters are used, when they're used, where they're used. Yeah. Um, um I'm hoping that this isn't just kind of like a dead end film.
0: Yeah, I I feel like the fact that you ended the movie with a tease for what comes next kind of um I don't know, there's the uh the old thing of um if someone is playing pinball or something, and someone comes over and and puts a quarter, like on the glass or something. They've sort of uh, made it known, like I call next. You know, like once once you
1: once you're done, once I you're have. out of
0: lives, yeah. I call next turn. I feel like they've sort of placed their quarter. You know, they've sort of uh, made it known, like hey, as soon as you have another opening, Blue Beetle Two wants its its shot. The problem with the Marvel Universe right now is that everyone is putting quarters up. And so it's like, we call next. And they're like, okay, you're 47th on the list of things that need to come. And then...
1: We have to pay attention to the person who put their quarter down 10 years ago. Yeah,
0: but then once we're 20 projects down the line, then it's like, oh, we've already contradicted too many things. Your tease at the, during the mid-credits of that one movie from five years ago is no longer able to be considered canon like yeah or the actor that was clearly being brought in for that is no They've longer interested on. yeah so it's it's so weird um but uh yeah i feel like with a newborn universe like this if blue beetle has already said like we have ideas of where we want to take the sequel the odds of seeing a sequel made
1: probably pretty good art decent yeah, yeah. um
0: so uh, oh one other thing similar to the uh, the uncle saying Batman's a fascist there was a second trailer they put out and it ends with the grandma picking up like a Gatling gun just mowing people down and everyone's like whoa grandma's a badass and it was clearly supposed to be like so funny because grandma doesn't use a Gatling gun grandma's big cookies haha and I was like this movie looks like shit like I'm gonna go see Blue Beetle because it's DC and you know, I, I I have to be up to date on all that sort of news, but this is going to be so bad. And then in the movie, she does it, and they're like, Grandma, what the heck? And she's like, oh, did I never tell you I fought in the revolution of this country? And I was like, oh. That does a surprisingly good job of explaining why she would know her way around a Gatling gun. Right. <laughs> so I, there were things that I was very apprehensive about, and they turned out to be, not nearly as big of an issue as I had feared um as far as um, the action and choreography I was happy with that yeah um there's a moment where the uncle um needs to save Jaime he's being attacked by this guy and so the uncle like pulls the e-brake on his truck and turns it and he's got this massive like generator in the bed of his truck mm-hmm. and he's able to whip it. And it hits the target correctly. And I was like, that's not how that would work. You can not just pull an e-brake, turn the wheel, and be like, I aimed. <laughs> like, so. I that... mean,
1: if you put on your Fast and Furious glasses.
0: Yes, I didn't. <laughs> if that same exact thing were to be done by like a Bruce Wayne or someone where the continuity has been like, He's good at calculating things. My brain would be like... Okay. But when it's (laughs) like, this guy drives a truck. And he likes his truck. My brain is like, I can't. I'm so sorry, but I can't.
1: I don't think I'll ever be able to call a Tacoma a Tacoma anymore.
0: Yeah. I used to work at Toyota. And so there were many times when I had to... Bring the taco around, and so I've I've called Tacoma's tacos many many times.
1: Okay, you're cooler than me then.
0: Because I worked at Toyota. No, I am not. <laughs> Working at Toyota made me cooler than no one. <laughs> no. Um, if he ever hears this, shout out to like Skyler and like three other people. But, dude, no. If uh, if you have the option to work for Toyota, at least in Nampa, Idaho, don't maybe reconsider.
1: Just don't go to Nampa, Idaho. Yeah, that's true. Um Anyways, are we good on Blue Beetle? I
0: think we're good on Blue Beetle.
1: Okay, our right. last movie of the summer watch list Woo. is Nandor Fodor and the Talking Mongoose, starring our favorite Simon Pegg.
0: Haven't heard of it? Don't worry. No one has. You're not out of the loop, guys. We
1: honestly hadn't heard of it until just a few days before we saw
2: it. Yeah,
0: this was honestly one of those things. I was just scrolling through YouTube or something like that. And I saw an, a thumbnail titled Nandor Fodor and the Talking Mongoose. And it listed uh, Simon Pegg and Mini Driver. And I was like, yeah, I got two minutes. Show me a trailer. Damn, what are yeah. you, what is this? Huh? And, um... It looked interesting, and I was like, "Oh, that looks bizarre." Okay, and then and
1: then we saw, "Oh, it's already in theaters." Yeah,
0: it. There are showings tomorrow, and we were like, "Uh, okay, sure." We don't have anything going on that night. Fine. So, um, it's a bizarre movie.
1: It is bizarre. It's very, There's very nothing else like it. Yep. I didn't hate it though. Yeah, it's. I was a little bit worried that going into it, it was going to be kind of like. Banshees of Inishirin.
0: Yeah, I feel like it. It has like a what if Banshees was just quirky and enjoyable instead of
1: stupid, melancholy, and, awful. and
0: garbage. Because um, yeah, it's like kind of that same part of the world. It's got sort of the same style of humor. Because like,
1: except b- this one actually had humor.
0: I feel like Banshees had moments where I was like, haha. Oh, I don't know if they meant for that to be funny, like.
1: I feel like I need to get off of comparing it to Banshees you know? because I hated that movie, and I actually yeah. really enjoyed
0: yeah. Nandor Fodor. Uh, I, I feel I like not
1: say this title.
0: Nandor Fodor is a weird name, and they always say it in the movie like that's a very run of the mill name, and I was like, no, it's not.
1: But basically, main character is. A, not a psychologist, but he's an expert on, like, supernatural yeah, happenings. Um, so he goes out to this farm on the Isle of Man because they have this talking mongoose on the island named Jeff. Um, and he, they want him to investigate this being that is Jeff.
0: They close at five? they're 530, okay. Sorry.
1: Uh, So he goes to inquire about Jeff. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, it's so strange. I'm not doing a very good job at, like, describing this movie.
0: Sorry, this is kind of off topic, but, like, I've been trying to, like, think of a good way to say this since you first said it. I feel like you can compare Nandor Fodor... With Banshees of Inisherin, kind of similar to like the third Turtles movie, Turtles in Time, and Mutant Mayhem, where it's like I guess there are similarities, but one of the biggest differences is one of them's fantastic, the other isn't.
2: <laughs> okay. Okay. You know,
0: it, like there's a bit of a similarity there, enough that I can justify linking them to each other in my head but um very very different very very different um so yeah he he gets there totally not believing any of it and then mini driver fairly quickly is able to kind of suspend her disbelief enough To be open. To believe. (laughs) And then very quickly, once she's open, she becomes convinced. And Nandor Fodor is still very calloused. And then once he starts to believe, that angers him. Mm
2: -hmm. And so
0: then he pulls back out of anger because he feels like he got tricked into believing. When in reality, it's much more of a... He's actually just starting to believe. Mm-hmm. And he hates that. He hates to realize that in himself. And he kind of has to hit rock bottom
1: in, in order, order to, to
0: in order to really be willing to let himself be open. Um
1: This is a quirky movie. Yeah. It it's... feels almost Wes Anderson esque.
2: Hmm.
0: Okay. I feel like with Wes Anderson, like if it doesn't have Wes Anderson's look, it That's doesn't why I feel said like Wes. It, yeah, like it,
1: just so like with the way, way it's written it, and the way, like the humor of it. Okay. It felt very similar to like Grand Budapest Hotel. Okay. Um. With just being quirky and kind of offhandedly funny, but it's not like outright hilarious yeah does that make does that make any sense yeah this Um, movie is so hard to describe
2: mm -hmm.
0: i feel like if it had wanted to it could have been a lot funnier but at the end of the day like it's not meant to be like a outright hilarious quirky weird movie and so there were a lot of moments where i was like this is about to get real funny and then it didn't. And I was like, oh, yeah, it's not trying to be that. Um,
1: but we love seeing Simon Pegg.
0: Very big fan of Simon Pegg. Um, I I saw Shaun of the Dead when it was still in theaters. Um,
1: oh, we haven't even mentioned it. We also got freaking Christopher Lloyd.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That I think that was the other name on the trailer that I was like, yeah. dude, Simon Pegg, Mini Driver, Christopher Lloyd. Show Sign me. me up. Um, It's it's always weird when, like, Christopher Lloyd, I wouldn't say plays a huge role, but when he's in the scene, he's one of two characters in the scene. So he's he, it's very memorable that he's in it. But at the same time, it's so weird that you can have someone in that much of the movie and then never interact with, like, Mini Driver. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, it's kind of similar to how, um, like, fun fact is that uh, Jason Bateman and Michael Sarah are father son in Arrested Development, and then they're both in Juno together, but they never share a scene because of the role of Jason Bateman and Michael Sarah in those movies, those two characters never have a reason to interact, you know? Yeah. Like, it's always weird to see movies like that where two prominent uh, characters just don't have screen time. And so, yeah. Um, yeah. Very... I would say
1: this, it's enjoyable. It's I don't enjoyable. know that it's going to be everyone's cup of tea. No,
0: I, I wouldn't recommend this to
1: no. almost
0: anyone. Like yeah. it's it's an odd you have to be in the right mindset you have to be the right type of person with the right flavor palette mm-hmm. um, and I feel like if you were to hear me say it's good and then went and saw it you might be like the hell were you talking what Ugh. Um, but yeah we we enjoyed it um, and uh, yeah that's that's our summer of movies yes um, Is there anything that you guys saw that we did not, that you really dug? Is there anything that you saw that we saw that we both really dug? Is there anything that you saw that we saw that you disagree with us on? Yeah, let us know. Is there anything that we saw that you didn't, that you're uh, intrigued now?
1: Yeah, let me know. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um...
1: Now that we are settled in a new home, Mm -hmm. we should be able to be better about getting episodes out.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, we kind of just blasted you with, what did we do, like 15 movies this episode? Yeah. It was a lot. Mm-hmm. So thanks for uh, sticking with us. Um, if you just super love our podcast and you're like, I really need people to know about this podcast, um, and I need them to know because of the clothing that I'm wearing – we do have real couple t-shirts
2: we sell on etsy. Shirts now
1: yes we have an etsy account uh you can go buy a real couple shirt i have one in black dallas has one in gray um we
0: know someone who now owns one in white yes we um, do and i gotta say i find mine to be very uh very comfortable very
1: comfy
2: Yeah. as soon
0: as we got it and i tried it on for the first time i was very very happy with the uh
1: yes. manufacturer we chose the link is in our instagram bio mm-hmm. so you can go on over there and take a look see if you want one there's no expectation for anyone to buy one yeah it's just something fun for us yeah
0: and uh you know if uh if you're interested in in buying swag, but maybe that design just isn't quite up your alley. Uh, you know, request other designs. We can we can work on making more designs. We're open to that. Um, we can be heard on so many different platforms.
1: Sure can. You can look us
0: up on. There's
1: Apple Podcasts.
0: There's Spotify. There's uh, there's Stitcher and Amazon Music and Google Podcasts.
1: Basically wherever you get your podcasts, yeah. you can find us.
0: Um Paige mentioned that you can find our link on our Instagram. If you're not following us on Instagram,
1: go it's ahead and follow us.
0: The dot real dot couple. Um no one has emailed us before. But, but you
1: can. You can. The ability is there. It's go ahead. The real couple pod at gmail.com.
0: Yeah. I honestly, if if I were to wake up one morning to an email waiting in the inbox of my podcast, ooh, that'd be such a neat day. It would be. Um, so yeah, feel free to email us. Feel free to uh, uh, slide into our DMs. Feel free to just comment on one of our posts. Feel free to spend money on our stuff. It, yeah. it really helps us financially.
1: It does. If um, you want to help make sure we can continue to see movies Mm -hmm. you can buy a t-shirt and the proceeds will go straight to us
0: yep (laughs) and we appreciate proceeds i'm a big fan of proceeds same yeah um is there anything else
1: no okay we missed you guys we're happy to be back yeah thanks for listening to three hours it'll be less than worth of content I for do, this episode I still
0: have an ad to enter in so that's true so we don't know how long it's gonna be but there is still a lot we get to cut out so um
1: yeah you Thank guys you are the so best much. thanks for listening you're the
0: best alright bye
1: love you bye bye